this week on Invasion the Podcast, we've got more movie sign. The fix is in with this week's feature presentation. And will Steve get lost in translation? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, and somewhere out there currently getting fixed, that's not what I meant to say, Steve. I'm not broken. I mean, I'm broken in a lot of ways, but not in that way, at least. Well, I, I do see that you're currently uh, um, podcasting with a cone of shame on, so you can't, you know, <laughs> that's, I mean, fixed could mean a lot of things, so. It's because I can't stop licking myself. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> Well, I, I hope uh, hope you guys uh, lived without us for a week because I know we gave you a um, like a lot to chew on about uh, you know the, uh, now your favorite character Darkhawk um, you know the Marvel's uh, G lister there um, glad that we dug into that but we did take a week off uh, Steve uh, was moonlighting he was doing his own vigilante justice on at the Devil's Ball and uh, Steve talk more about that because you're the one that was on the show not me. Well, I just like to point out. I heard that the Darkhawk sales after our episode doubled. Um, it so went from, they went, it went from, from one, one to two. To two. <laughs> yeah. So uh, more people have bought Darkhawk now uh, than they have in the last like twenty years. Uh, I kid, I kid. Uh, so yeah, the uh, week of well, what was last week? I'm 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 so lost in time anymore. We. Just a, a heads up, folks. We had to change our date temporarily for when we actually record these. And uh, time has sort of become. Uh, 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 I mean, obviously we're out, we're coming out of the pandemic, kind of. Yeah, everything's um, just been. It's been an amorphous blob. Like I, I'll yeah. be honest. Like, and this weekend didn't help me at all. This 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 past weekend, what for I talk about because it got weird for me. But yeah, we're recording on a Monday evening. Um, we've we've normally recorded on Wednesdays. Like so it just. It's weird. Like I feel like I should be getting ready for the second half of my week now, but it hasn't even started. <laughs> like so, time's weird right now. So please bear with us. Yeah, I, I took uh, last week off, as did you, um, unless you did a show without me, and it just didn't get posted. But uh, the funny thing is, is that uh, their most current show I think should be up now, which is c- uh, covering Halloween Five. I was on the week before to talk about Halloween Four. On the Devil's at the Devil's podcast with Nathaniel and Sam Isle, um, two great guys, two uh, very knowledgeable horror horror lovers, um, and it was a lot of fun talking about Halloween Four. Uh, I will actually be returning to record this coming week's episode as we delve into Halloween Six. So there will be you whore. No, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> but why not Five, Steve? Why not? Why not Five? Why not Halloween we'll five? On six, and we'll, we'll say that the uh, less said about five, probably the better. <laughs> Man, it's going to be weird when we get to this October and we do our year of the sequel for October, and I'm going to pull Halloween five out. That's going to uh, be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we could do it. Um, we, well, to, to be, be fair, I think our first go around 
uh, whenever we had like um, you picking uh, stuff for October the one year, uh, you did pick Halloween four, and we did we covered it here on this show. Um, and that was a fun talk. Um, so if people want to hear more, uh, Steve talk about Halloween four, go, go back to that. Uh, I'm, I'm joking. If it's not, a, if it's not a sequel, you're like, you're like, if, if it's not one that you like, there's no reason to get into it. You know, like it would be, you know, I, I almost feel like we have like a duty to end up eventually running all the Friday the 13th, but after revisiting Jason takes Manhattan, man, there's a lot there. I don't like about that movie, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think that one squeaks by uh, just solely on nostalgia's sake uh, for me. If, uh, if, 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 if the Blu-ray could just be the trailer for that movie, I think it'd been like it's like the, the trailer for the teaser for uh, Takes Manhattan's better than the movie. <laughs> like I don't know why that is, but it is. You're not wrong. Actually, <laughs> if, if you if you just watch the movie once they reach New York, quote unquote uh, New York, we'll put it that way. Uh, it's it's not bad, but everything up to there is yeah. a whole long, a whole lot of time on a boat that you don't need to be spending. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Jason takes um, a slight vacation or whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> no, but you, you were on at the Devil's Ball talking about Halloween Four. Everybody check it out. I checked out the episode. It was uh, a, quite a fun conversation. Those guys are always great, um, and I'm glad they'll be going going back for for six, which I don't think I've seen. I don't. I haven't seen. The later uh, Halloween movies. Actually, you know, here's an admission. I, I'm sure I've seen the second one, the original second one. Not the, uh, the the timelines are stupid, but I don't think I've seen Halloween two as an adult. I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I haven't seen five or six as an adult. Like I just, there's a lot here that's just are blank space for me. Yeah, six was an interesting duck in that uh, there's the theatrical cut and then there's a producer's cut. Um, Neither of them are particularly great, but I will say that I think that the producer's cut is at least a better movie. Which one has more Paul Rudd? Which one has I'm more, sorry? which one has more Paul Rudd in it? That's the important. That's the better question. I feel like there might be more of him in the producer's cut, but there's well, there definitely more Donald the, Pleasance in it. So. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you went from the age of Donald Pleasance. To, he he just passed away and it went into Paul Rudd. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. But uh, no, um, yeah, I, I've never, I've, and I think I've seen H two O. I've never seen Resurrection. There's a lot of Halloween I've not seen, and that's I mean that's not that this that's what this episode is. I'm just stating that. Um, you're just putting it out there for people to hear. Just, just, you know, like I'm sure as, uh, as those guys will be covering those movies as they go forward. I mean, I don't know how far they're going to go with it, but, um, there, there's a lot of blind spots that I have. So I might have to go and check out six to, to dig in. Um, I mean, there's entire franchises that I'm completely like, I don't like haven't seen like after the first saw I've mentioned before, I've not seen any of those, um, wrong turn, which seems to be popular with people. I've never seen any of those, so don't you know? <laughs> I I have my reasons for never wanting to see a wrong turn film. Um, uh, that it is the original. I guess the first couple. I know the first one for sure is set in West Virginia automatically with a bunch of inbreds killing people, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm thank you. I'm good. I don't need. <laughs> I remember the trailer specifically showing like a like a, a sign for West Virginia, and I'm like, everyone's like, hoo, hoo, hoo. I'm like, it was shot in Toronto, like just. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like they did casting there. They found a bunch of, you know, Canadian inbreds. I don't know. It's but not a documentary, people. It's not a documentary. Uh, it, it is now a Discovery series. It's kind of like Deadliest Catch. It's, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny, too, because uh, there are franchises that, not that I had to be dragged to, but uh, I finally, like, after many years 
of not watching the Final Destination series, I dug in on the first one. This was, I don't know, like five or six years ago, I think. And I really enjoyed it. And first I actually, the first, overall, the, yeah, the, series the second bad. one's pretty good too. I think the, the third, I see the third one, third one was the roller coaster, right? Or is that fourth yeah. one? Yeah. Uh, no, I, third's the roller coaster. Yeah, because the second one's the logging truck, which is just terrifying. Um, yeah. yeah, no, the second one's pretty good too. But the first one, when you realize that it was actually like kicked around his next file script, you're like, oh yeah, it's two FBI guys investigating weird stuff. Huh? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, there's other franchises that I like, uh, I've, I've never seen a phantasm movie. I need to fix that. Um, uh, the most of the saw films I've not seen. Um, but you know, thank God there's one in the theaters right now just to keep, keep hope alive. That's that's yeah. what I was hoping for. It was more saw. I think it was two years ago. Now I got a pretty great box set from. And it was, actually, it wasn't even a box set. I think it was like five Blu-rays and like one slip cover or whatever you call it, uh, Blu-ray case for saw. Uh, for no, for <laughs> uh, Phantasm. And I had only ever seen I think the first two. So I sat down and watched the whole series over a weekend. It was a, and it sounds much like what you're probably going to talk about with your weekend. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of fun to be had in the Phantasm series. I would be, I would be interested in talking about that sometime. That'd in the be that'd be wonderful. I'd, I'd like to get into that. So, so yeah. Anyway, uh, Steve Steve cheated on another podcast, which is hey, I'm I'm super stoked because you know uh, he went on uh, like he he went without me. Like it was great. Cause I, I was like, Hey, I get to hear Steve talk to somebody else. Like, you know, <laughs> didn't make you jealous at all. No, I mean, I was, I mean, <laughs> let's, I mean, let's just, I got a lot of yard work done. It's all, it's all holes in my back. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, no, it was great. It was great to hear you guys. And you know, like, you know, like I felt like the fourth person and that was the goal. Right. So great. So anyway, uh, yeah, we taken a week off cause Steve was doing that and he's going to go and, and do some more. That's great. Um, in terms of other things, like what else did you get into any, any, uh, watches, finds, uh, uh, YouTube videos that you want to dissect? I'll, I'll leave the YouTube thing alone. I just thought it was funny that we went to that one corner of the one time. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, is, uh, I revisited Mandy over the weekend because Joe Bob, uh, that was the first movie on, uh, the last drive in this past week. Um, a movie that I still really enjoy, and I know deep down that if it was another movie, I'd tear it apart. Like, I just, I, I forgive that movie. There's something about it. I don't know if it's because it makes every choice that I wouldn't, or the fact that it feels much like a fever dream. I don't know what it is, but I really like that movie. And I, I think that, you know, I, I completely get why people don't dig it. Um, but every every time I sit down and watch it, I'm like, God, this is so unique and, and interesting and I know that it makes choices that I would question in other films. Maybe that's a testament to the the, the filmmaker. Um, oh, I'm going to screw his Co- name up. Cosmatos. Yeah. I, like, it's, uh, um, I forget his first name, but I know his, uh, his father, um, who, didn't he, uh, his father he was, directed uh, uh, Cobra, um, Cobra. And I believe, uh, first blood, uh, part two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, yeah, but uh, you're talking about uh, no. See, I, I think I'm gonna mess up the name. I apologize. It was um, yeah. Let's see here. My uh, here. I'm I'm doing doing some internetting right now. Everybody, do, bear with it. Uh, Cosmatos. Um, yeah. What's his son's name? The one like obviously we're gonna talk about Mandy for a second. Um, 
because this is his second film that he made. Because the other one was uh, was Beyond the Black Rainbow, I think. Yeah, which I still uh, have not pa- seen. Panos Cosmatos, Cosmatos. Yeah, that that sounds like something you know on a on a menu somewhere. I don't know. Like I'll have the Panos Cosmatos, please. I believe that's a chilled dessert. I could yeah. be wrong. It's it's uh it 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 will it will come out over the course of two and a half hours, and you get. <laughs> You get a little bit each time, but you have to savor it, and like you just hear just just music, you know. It goes into the blast chiller. It goes, yeah. And Nicholas Cage, um, halfway through, will just get violently drunk in a bathroom, and then bring out the rest <laughs> of the dessert to you. I will say, and this is something that I posted on my Instagram as I was watching it: is uh, why isn't Bill Duke in everything? Like well, every I, time Bill Duke, I, just, I think he's movie, just getting up there in age now, though. They can't like I just I, I, you know. I know he's he's actually done a lot of directing over his career, okay. so like his acting roles seem to take a backseat to him directing. But every time he pops up in a movie, I'm always happy to see Bill Duke, and Mandy is no exception. Yeah, uh, yeah, Mandy's a trip. I saw it in the theater uh, when it came out, and that was a, just you know not knowing what you're going about to get into. That was an experience. I've not revisited since, um, but I do remember that opening with um, was it the King Crimson song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that opening of where it's just Nick Cage at the logging camp and how that all felt cool and then like some of the title cards like there's just some cool stuff going on in that movie like again you're right there's a lot there that I don't know if I would agree with but it, there's a lot of there, more often than not I think I'm with you in this where sometimes if you give me like sub like sorry style over like cohesiveness like I get mad. But mm-hmm. for some reason, like I wasn't upset at that movie where it's like, we're going to make you feel a certain way. It may not make the most logical sense. Um, and I think there's certain movies that can get away with that. And cause it also, no matter what you can say about the film, it feels like it has a steady hand the entire time. Like th- there's no, there's nothing wasted in the movie. Like this is the movie they want, he wanted to make and you're just along for it. It it does feel like an artist's vision. And I do think it's steeped in pop culture. It's steeped in the movies that, it, you know, he grew up loving. I mean, there's no rational explanation for the quote unquote Cenobites who show up in the movie and spoiler, I guess, but I dig that choice. I don't know why um, I would take other films, you know, over the coals or rake other films over the coals for that kind of decision without giving me any kind of an explanation. But for whatever reason, it works in that movie. I, I, I think also the fact that so much of the imagery keeps alluding to um, not only just like uh, horror fiction, but like paperback fiction. I I feel like there's a quality to that that feeds into the movie as well. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. So yeah, so Mandy, uh, if people have, it's it's still available on. Well, of course it's on Shutter because like Joe Bob covered it right for the last drive-in, but Mm -hmm. it's it's been on Shutter regardless though, right? It's been exclusive if I recall. Yeah. Yeah, check it out, people, if you're interested. Um, just, you know, just be ready. It gets weird from the jump. <laughs> it just gets weird, but it's it's a cool kind of weird. Yeah, and on, on a similar topic, uh, we rented Willy's Wonderland like the weekend before. So I had like two weekends of Nick Cage. Um, I would recommend Willy's Wonderland. It's not Mandy, um, so don't expect that, but it's fun. Um, it's him locked in essentially what's an evil Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Uh, and he doesn't really talk much, right? Or at all, right? Yeah, if I remember correctly, he doesn't have any spoken dialogue. Like, are you saying Which words, was probably or nice just him making account. making like grunting noises and like you know weird Nick Cage noises? Like that would be, um, 
thing. It's like, hey, you don't have to talk, but if you want to emote, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a lifeless performance yeah. or anything like that. He's giving you a performance, but he doesn't really have any dialogue, and it's him having to fight off. Uh, we'll just say demon infested, or well, I shouldn't say demon infested. We'll say haunted. It's um, basically animatronic. Yeah, it, it's feeding off. There's a uh, video game series out there, and Steve. This is for the for the younger folk, and Steve. You know, it's it's called Five Night at Freddy's. What? Five, I'm a I'm a tender forty six. I don't know. I know. What you're I know. You're about just this younger audience. Yeah, just the Five Nights at Freddy's is this like this uh, game that you're you're uh, overnight worker at basically like you know Chuck E. Cheese, but then you're supposed to like the the animatronics start kind of messing with you and it's like all these jump scares and they like spawn like five sequels and then there's that um that banana splits movie that came out like two years ago mm-hmm. that is kind of the same take on like hey animatronics but they're going to f you up like so i think this willie's wonderland was like they're trying to beat like a five nights at freddy's like movie to the punch that's the that's the vibe i've gotten from it yeah, I, I don't know anything about Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I will you're, say you're that I'm not missing up, much. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up really loving the uh, Banana Splits. So for me, when I saw that they made a horror movie out of it, I was just like, you know, it's a nice memory from like when I was three, just, you know, watching it. Plus, there's a great version of the song on an album that was released like 25 years ago years ago called the uh uh saturday morning cartoons album and basically it's just a bunch of different bands covering cartoon theme songs you've got like the ramones doing spider-man and um other bands who i'm now blanking on blur i think does the speed racer theme song but long story short it's a great album um and i really dig that version of it uh, that's on there so i have very fond memories of the banana splits so i didn't want to ruin that with what could possibly be a not so great horror movie yeah i've heard not great things about it but i i have i have no affiliation with banana, banana splits but you know if it's if it was like survive at a showbiz pizza no that's not true i don't like just, um, survive in a blockbuster <laughs> yes and it's like why is that guy so angry i'm like i have my reasons you know anyway um like we didn't really have like so the <laughs> I didn't, I don't think I talked about this during our, our last blockbuster episode. This is just, we, the, the movie, when it, I am legend came out, the Will Smith, um, version, uh, we had like a, a standee that was like life size of him standing like, you know, like with the dog, but we had a place in the store to where it was facing our front counter and it was like near like the snacks. And I, and I swear to Christ, every few minutes I'd be like with my back turned. I think someone's in the store and I turn around, it's just Will Smith. Uh, it's just... <laughs> Like I, I got like creeped out by Will Smith so much. I'm like, there's someone. Oh, it's just Will Smith. I last man on earth. Okay, it's 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 fine. It's fine. So now if that thing starting getting closer every time I turn around, that'd be a problem. That would be amazing if I was there. I would love to have just mess with you, like push <laughs> it a like, little bit closer. That would have been great. Or or like suddenly, like I'm like, oh, it's just Will Smith, and I see a cardboard cutout of DJ Jazzy Jeff. Like <laughs> get closer. I'm like, no, you know, like that would be, that's that would be terrifying. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so you saw uh, some some Nick Kate, Nick, yeah, and, and Mandy, and um, and Willie's Wonderland. Anything else? Uh, we had our second dinner out uh, after being vaccinated, so that was nice. And uh, started The Wire, which is an HBO show again from twenty years ago that somehow everyone I'm, loves and has just gone over my head. I so. haven't seen it either, and I know people like when I was talking about Breaking Bad, they're like, "You need to watch The Wire." I'm like, "But I'm watching Breaking Bad right now." Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and I forgot the last thing. Um, 
I, I sing, singing the praises of this, I'm going to go on record and say it. it's now probably my favorite show that's on television uh, since Superstore is no longer. Uh, Mythic Quest Season 2 started, and I know it sucks because you can only get it on Apple TV, uh, but uh, that show, for me, not being a gamer, I just imagine how much stuff would be in there for you and Mary, but it's a great show. And nice. uh, two episodes into the new season, and it's... It's great, so I I can't recommend it enough. I like I might have there. to do a free trial at some because because I, I keep seeing it like they're showing an app for it on the PlayStation Store, so I think mm-hmm. I can actually just get the Apple TV app without having an Apple product, uh, which would be smarter them for people to give them money. I might burn like a, a month and and watch that and Ted Lasso. Like that might be you know the the two things because I've heard nothing but good things about Ted Lasso. Yeah, the second season of Ted Lasso, I believe, starts in July, so you might want to just wait for that to be done so that you can shotgun both series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now that I've just re- like so okay. Um we're we're now we're now post like you and I are like you know, our loved ones are vaccinated. We can go out in the world now. Um I also gotta tell you that my wife and I did go out to eat for the first time post quarantine. Uh we went and got a hot pot, which is like, you know, it's um Went to Kentaro, you order food and they bring you out this broth that boils and you make your own stuff. It was, I've never had it before. My wife loves it. Um, oddly enough, no pinball there either, Steve. I was upset. <laughs> well, um, I was going to say, this sounds like work. I can cook at home. I can boil a pot of water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but they bring you out the, the actual like chicken broth and whatever, and you can just order whatever animal you want. They just throw it in there. It's, it's actually, you know, it, it wasn't bad. Like I, there's a lot of, a, um, a lot of different ingredients you can choose from, but since I, I'm not, I'm not a picky eater in the sense of like, I don't know, like. I'll try things that just give me context, but looking mm. at a lot of the stuff, I'm like, I don't know what this word is. I don't know what this is. And it's like, I don't, I'm not like, it's, it's the first time I've been eating out in a year and a half. I, I'm going to stick to the, like, you know, to the rivers and streams that I'm used to. I'm not going to go chasing waterfalls here. I'm just going to, you know, just whatever. Anyway. So uh, now that we're past like this for us, and so we can go out and try to, to live a more normal life for some reason, it's like, I thought this past year I'd be like, I'm going to binge so much. I'm going to get all this stuff washed. And it's like, and I did jack shit. I got some stuff done, but like I had like this quarantine list. I didn't get to for whatever reason. Now I'm like discovering my, my power to binge watch things that I keep forgetting about. So I think part of that though, just goes to the fact that everything was so shitty for so long that it was just about comfort food. Yeah, I mean, that's both fair. literally and in the sense of like pop culture and the things that you watch. Cause I found myself facing that a lot too, where I was like, Oh, I have all these things that I can watch, but everything right now is awful. And I just want to watch something I enjoy and not have to worry about the unknown. Yeah, that that's, that's valid. But it's like, since, uh, uh, not to drag, uh, Alfred Hitchcock back into the, the discussions we've had recently, but after smashing, what was it? Like, I think I said 12 movies, uh, two books um, like to, you know, to, to get ready for the talk without rhythm episode that I did. And it was a wonderful episode. I mean, not pat myself on the back. I believe we had a wonderful conversation. I'm glad I did the work, but like there's that kind of like that muscle memory of like, I can watch a couple things now and kind of like smash it. Right. So that like you mm-hmm. kind of build that up that like, you know, whatever. So of course last weekend, uh, not this weekend, like we're recording on Monday, but the weekend previously, it was my first time going out, seeing friends, went to like a birthday party, great night, stayed out till like three in the morning. It was weird driving home at night, like from someplace being like, I haven't done this in forever. You know, it was like, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but then like two days later, I come down with some type of bug and it's like, 
like so and i'm coming out of that now like i i apologize in advance today like i get like i have this weird dry cough that's just kind of lingering now but that's about it like it's like and it wasn't like i was like sick but i haven't been sick in like a year and a half so it's mm-hmm. like i'm just like oh what was me and it's like why is there snot coming out of my face like anyway so it was you know but problem is like i couldn't sleep right because i go to lay down and then my my, my face would want to slide off because of snot so it was like sitting up in bed like the goddamn elephant man trying to like not snot all over the place so my sleep schedule got weird um so this weekend uh, this past weekend uh on and off sleeping not doing so great um friend of the show co-host of strange highways my friend terry had lent me um the clint eastwood dirty harry set the five films with that mm-hmm. and i know that you have them on voodoo and you've got them for a deal and you talked to me about them previously i'd never seen any of them over the course of 24 hours, I intermittently went to sleep for an hour and a half, woke up full of snot, watched a Dirty Harry film, went back to sleep, woke up, watched a Dirty Harry film. It was a weird 24 hours. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know that that's the series that's best uh, digested in. It's probably better digested in like smaller bites as opposed to shotgunning them all in a day. Yeah, I mean, you know, he does have the world's most powerful handgun, you know. So, um, so yeah, I watched all five within 24 hours just because I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? Uh, and I, I'm not going to get into it specifically, but, uh, you know, those films were problematic from the start. Um, and in terms of the thought process and the politics, None of it has aged very well at all. Um, yeah. and it's gotten way worse. However, East, it's just Eastwood has like this, like this charisma as an actor. And so you're on his side a lot, but you're like, this guy is just a terrible person. And then there's dirty Harry, you know, like, so, um, I don't know. After going through how many hours of Alfred Hitchcock, I was like, you know what? Uh, complicated uh, figures and filmmakers. I take a break. Let me dive into some Clint Eastwood. Like what? You know, um, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird ride. I just, I almost kind of wish the films would have stayed. It, you could have had all five of them, but like three of them were in the seventies and the two were in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I almost feel, I wish that they would all been in the seventies because there was a different vibe with those first three films. And then the other two, I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed all of them. It's just like, Maybe also because after watching the Death Wish films was a year or two ago because of uh, the year of canon, I ended up smashing all of those. It's like, it's just, I feel like I've already seen a lot of this already, you know? Like, that's kind of where I'm at with that. But it was a weird ride running with Clint Eastwood, like being a cop, but not giving a shit about the law for five movies. Yeah, your experience sounds very much like the experience that I had revisiting the Lethal Weapon films. Uh, I enjoy those movies, but I remember a couple of years back, I sat down, I think I've talked about it on the show. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it and was like, wow, there's some really, really um, unfortunate uh, handling of both mental health issues and uh, um, fetishizing of weapons. So <laughs> yeah. maybe this isn't the uh, the best movie to be watching in current day. But yeah, it, 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 it's sometimes hard to, to separate that stuff from you know, current day events. Well, I mean, so. like, it's just, it's a power fantasy. Like, Oh, he's a cop, but like, like, okay. So the first film, he's just this absolute dirtbag that just, he, he's good at like hunting killers. Right. Cause he is mm. the same guy. It's just, he happens to have a badge. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the first film, he takes that badge and chucks it into the water, whatever. And then like, so then you get to the second film,
film Magnum Force. It's like he's back on the police force. It's like how did they? He he should no. That doesn't how what like it just you know it's just almost just like you know oh you went through therapy you're good. And he's like yeah goddamn therapy whatever. No, it's just it. He just kind of does like the soft reset of like he still operates by his, by his own rules, but he's not as bad as those other guys. Like <laughs> it felt weird <laughs> to me. Um, but so even in, even when you get to um, oh what was it uh, the the fourth film where the beginning of it is him in a courtroom and he he shows up late and the judge is like none of this evidence is admissible because of Harry Callahan, like messing up the investigation by like basically by doing the things he's done. Always the guy right. walks free. It's like, you have not learned this in 10 years. Like what's going on, <laughs> Harry. Um, but you know what? But the fact that like anytime there's the semblance of crime, he pulls a gun out and starts shooting. It's like, that just is so cringeworthy. Now watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. That you can't be like, that guy's a badass. It's like, no, he's a dangerous society. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to get on the side of the cop who uh, shoots first and asks questions later like, at this point. Was it, so. the, it was in the first film. He pulls up to the diner and orders, what was it, a, a hot dog or something. Yeah. And then he, he sees the bank robbery in progress. He's like, yeah, call it in. And all of a sudden, he hears the alarm go off. He's like, well, shit. And it, no, so it's a hamburger. He walks out with the hamburger in his hand and then just waits to, for the opportunity to pull his gun. It's funny, but that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I, I, I like Clint Eastwood as an actor. Um, I'm cutting you off, Steve. I apologize. I hope some point in the near future uh, you and I can talk about High Plains Drifter, which is a film he made around the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I just Clint Eastwood in the Western where the, the law is always more blurry. There is a little bit more approachable for me than a modern day setting as a police officer. I, I, when I think of the series, I can't remember if it's the third movie where Tyne Daly becomes his partner. Yeah. That's uh, the enforcer, which, which that inspired the game later on people. When we get to hour three of the show, about titles of films and translations. Yeah, yeah. Not that I found anything for Dirty Harry that translated overseas poorly, but the 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 joke is like whenever I first started like looking at these films, I'm like, I know Dirty Harry's the first one. There's no indication of from the titling that you, you <laughs> right. have no idea what any you you're like, maybe? Like so I had to keep looking at years because otherwise I had no idea which film was which. But it's the enforcer that I believe that Time Daly's in. Yeah, it, it's just funny to me because it it, it plays on not only the fact that he's dirty Harry, but then it, it, it throws out a, like a heaping, uh, heaping full of just misogyny. So it's like, wow. Oh no, no. Every one of his partners, new- his first partner was Hispanic in the movie. And then that guy, the guy got out. Um, like he, like he uh, got shot by the Scorpio killer and then he ends up like retiring as a cop and becomes a teacher. Second film, his uh, his partner is an African American that gets blown up. Third film is Tiny Daly who gets shot and killed. The fourth film, um, he doesn't have a partner technically. Actually, he has a because he, he goes to like San Paulo. They send him away because they're like, you keep destroying stuff here in San Francisco. Can you go away for a minute? <laughs> and then he has a friend that shows up that like comes to town. And he's all, he's an African-American as well. That gets jumped by guys there and gets killed. And then the fifth film he has an, was an Asian American partner that disappears halfway through the movie. Yeah. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know where the commentary is on any of this. Like, it's I weird. Just, I just remember the last time that I watched the enforcer, I was like, wow, this, 
this this may actually age worse than the gun stuff, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just remember him uh, being uh, very shitty throughout the entire movie to time daily until I think she gets shot. I guess yeah. you have to be nice to somebody once they actually get shot. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm just surprised. It's like you know, I don't know. It just it's also one of those things too that I'm surprised there wasn't a sixth film because I feel like. Um, Eastwood always is like, well, who can, who can I be mad at next? What other, what other marginalized group could I make a partner of mine so that I can make them look ridiculous? You know, I've but, never seen Gran Torino, but I remember when that <laughs> movie was coming out, yeah. uh, <laughs> which I guess is 10 years old at this point. I remember there was speculation that it would be a final dirty Harry movie and people were like losing their minds. Um, and that was not the case at well, all. But, um, but there's also, I, there is, there's an element in that neighborhood that's uh, how oh, I forget. There's a, a minority group there, right? That's also mm-hmm. that he gets to say terrible things too. So maybe that's part of his writer for any movie he makes. He's like, can I say racist things? So it's like, well, you're the director. He's like, well, I'm going to say them, you know, like, okay. <laughs> okay. Clint, I, I, you, you have the money. I don't know. I don't, whatever. Um, you can call it a spiritual sequel. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's your name? Harold. Uh, you know, unkept Harold. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no. So I watched them, and it's like you know. And then uh, considering also, it's funny that the fifth movie called The Deadpool, uh, it has um, it has a very young Jim Carrey in it for a minute, and mm-hmm. then also doing Axl Rose. Yeah, uh, but all by the way, the you jungle, see you right? see Slash later too. The hat is in the scene. You're like, that's goddamn yeah. Slash. Anyway, uh, yeah. Here, Welcome to the Jungle. I'm like the, that movie somehow immediately aged itself, and then somehow got like a lot more recent to me, and because because you know. But anyway, it's weird to me. Uh, but Liam Neeson's in it too, and it's just like I just at that point I'm just like, but Liam Neeson's now playing like kind of this kind of character, you know, like in terms of the older action man role. Yeah, um, it's like I just kind of wish that like, oh god, like why couldn't there have been a torch pass at some point? Or here's the thing uh, that, um, and I'm, I apologize to everybody listening. I know we're kind of going all over the place, but welcome to invasion of the podcast. If you go back a couple of years ago during a year of Canon, we talked about, um, death wish three, uh, with friend of the show, uh, Sam, Ayal, who was on that, the devil's ball, uh, and co-host with Nathaniel. Um, I almost now kind of wish there would have been something in like the early eighties where there would have been a dirty Harry and a Paul Kersey crossover where you have the cop that doesn't follow the rules and then a vigilante that doesn't give a shit. I, I would have been great to see them not ever because you don't want them to team up, but I wanted to see what would happen if they had to face off against each other. Like, well, they're, they're, if memory serves, the uh, police chief in in uh, Death Wish Three is very much just a knockoff uh, Dirty Harry. Kind of, yeah. He, he he just sets him his his paces right. He sends him out like like you know you work outside of the law. But I just think it'd have been great to actually see them try to justify their own ideology to each other about how like I, I you know the system's broken, but what do we got? It's like, but I also have a gun, but my gun's bigger. Is it bigger? I have a rocket launcher. I'll have one too. You know, like I just I wonder. You know that that's the Freddy versus Jason film I wanted. You know, <laughs> was Dirty Harry versus I- Death Wish. I think an expendable style. Dirty movie Wishes. Back then. That's not a movie I want to. That's a tw- terrible title. Anyway, I saw Dirty Wishes, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't playing in the theater. Um, <laughs> that was my stage that, name no. for a while. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Also, briefly, I don't know if you saw anything else. I, I, I guess I smashed five Dirty Harry films. Uh, and then also, I, I started playing a different video game, Steve. You'll be surprised. Um, 
Oh my God! You finally started Super Mario Brothers. I did, and you know that's been tough for me. I didn't know. That's confusing. Is he a plumber? I don't know. Um, no, there's a game that came is out. His name Mario Mario. Yeah, yes. it, it's Mario Mario. That his brother is uh, Luigi Mario or Green <laughs> <Yes>. Mario. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's a game called uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, uh, I'm going to mess up the, the 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 name of the island over and over again, but I, it's set in like. Um, in Japan in like the 14th century. Um, and it's like in the aftermath of like the Mongol invasion, you're like, you're like, uh, the last, um, samurai of your clan and most of the Island. So you're trying to like kind of reform alliances to fight the Mongols. Um, and it, it's, it's, this, it's a beautiful game. Uh, there is a, there's different like ways you can like view it. There's a, there's a Kurosawa mode that you can turn on that makes the whole game black and white with film grain. So it's like this beautiful, like, you know, you can make it look like a Kurosawa film, but I just want to mention that because the game's gorgeous, just it's beautiful, like samurai, like combat, like I'm terrible at it. The, I, I just, the whole, the whole island's going to fall because I can't wield a sword. But, um, there's a lot of these little side quests where they're like, if you see a fox, then follow the fox. It'll lead you to like this little area and you can pay honor to this, like the shrine and you'll get something. And then every so often you'll be like, if you see a colorful bird, follow it. And it'll lead you to someplace amazing. Right. Cause it kind of folds in a lot of like mythology and legend making, but here I'm a lone samurai trying to save my people and like fight the Mongols. But I'm like, Oh shit, there's a bird. And I just go chasing after it. Like it's just, I don't know if that's historically accurate where it's like, there's the lone warrior chasing a colorful bird and his people are dying. <laughs> you know, I don't know that that's actually uh, really accurate, but uh, it sounds fun. I just, there's this bits where I, there, there's, I was played earlier today where I was trying to um, like uh, take back this forge for reasons. And the Mongols are invading and I'm in the middle of this fight and I hear a bird call. I'm like, this bird's trying to show me something. I'm like, not now bird. I got to kill these guys. You know, like just give me a second bird. Like, <laughs> it sounds like uh, when Homer uh, sees the dog with the puffy tail and the Simpsons, <laughs> that yeah. man is my exact double. That dog has a puffy tail. Yeah. So the, the, the games of me, I'm 20 hours in now, which just to, to kind of also tell you, Steve, like I was reading online about like, how long does it take for people to play this game? It's like, if you play the story without doing any of the side stuff, it's about 20, 25 hours. I'm like, Oh, I haven't gotten through act one yet of three and I'm 20 hours in. So I've been chasing a lot of foxes and colorful birds and I'm, I'm enjoying nice. it though. It's, it's cool though, because you get like, you, like, if you do things right, you feel like a badass. Like you could dispatch like five people and it's just like, it's just, you got like a sword and like a couple different other, like, you know, samurai weapons, right? It's like smoke bombs, throwing knives. You feel like a badass. But then when you screw up, like I did early in the game where I got run over by three boars running through the woods and I'm like, okay, I'll dust myself off. And then I got jumped by Mongols on the road and then I died again. I'm like, I'm the world's worst samurai. Like so, don't you hate it when that happens every day? But anyway, so <laughs> it's a cool game, and I'm glad. I, I mean, I bought it like when it was on sale in the holidays, and it's just I I can't give you rhyme or reason when I finally start something, but I've been digging it. Nice. Yeah, it's right. what, well, what you to know. I'm I was chasing foxes you. and birds. You know, that's all. Like, I, I'm glad to see that you broadened your horizons and, and moved away from Overwatch. Wait, hey, 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 hey! I did play that today as well. So. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, so much for my encouragement yeah so anyway that's look at that 40 minutes and we're uh 
you know, good thing we don't have news really. So, but uh, yeah, that was our weekends with the weeks in between, you know, cause Steve and I really haven't talked cause I haven't forgiven him for going on to another podcast until now. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's going to do it. Any, like any, any other uh, odds and odds and sods before we get into uh, what news we do have. No, I think actually one of the items that we're going to talk about in the news is probably the biggest other thing that happened going on. Uh, not in my life. It's not like I'm behind it or anything like that, but I guess I am sort of. Let's get to the news. Yeah. Good news, everyone. And it is good news. Steve, tell everybody what the good news is. Mystery Science Theater 3000 was fully funded for season 13 on Kickstarter for their own uh, app called the Gizmoplex. So we're going to get new episodes not only hosted by Jonah and newcomer Emily, but we're going to get two episodes, Joel returning to host Mystery Science Theater 3000 for the first time in close to 30 years. I feel like his last episode was, well, his last episode was Mitchell, and I feel like that's 92 or 93 i'm trying to remember what year mike comes in but yeah it's it's a long time since he's actually hosted a show so we're gonna get not one but two episodes hosted by joel well and the other thing too like i think you're stepping on um the the big lead is that they're doing this now like they did the other fun like the other kickstarter independently and then that got picked up by netflix and then Mm -hmm. netflix like approved a couple more episodes which here here i'll be honest i I did not back the last time because i was a, a dumbass and then here's also the admission i'm finally like i i'm working my way through like i've seen I saw a couple of the episodes where they came out. I didn't watch any of the gauntlet, but I am now um, trying to finish um, the first season on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I need to, like, I'm, I'm now uh, like, I'll tell you, I'm at Yongari, the, the Korean Godzilla film that this I'm like, it's, I'm about an hour into it. It's ridiculous. I love it. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, but with this, that, with this idea of this gizmoplex they're talking about, they can now just do content direct to people that want it. And I think that's the bigger news, which I kind of feel like that's what like all the other riffers that have developed out of mystery science theater have already figured out, you know, so that, but whatever it took them to do this and get this up and running. I think that's great. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously there was no mention of Mike, but Joel did say that, you know, uh, if in the future, if anybody else wanted to return, and he's like, if any other hosts want to return to host an episode, they're welcome to. And I, I was waiting for that to be the big gun. I was waiting for it to be like, hey, guys, not only am I coming back, but Mike's going to come back for an episode, which unfortunately didn't happen. But well, yes and um, no. I, one of one of the tiers that they unlocked from people like fundraising thing, like crowd raising, sorry, crowdfunding, that's the word, is that once they had a certain level uh, Rift Tracks is going to host an event at the Gizmoplex, meaning Rift Tracks is coming in to do um, an event through the Gizmoplex. So they may not be, Mike may not officially be back as, you know, as Mike, but I think the three of them are coming back to do a show. Yes, that is true. I, 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 I didn't, I wasn't thinking of that when I was stating it, but I, uh, you are correct. Yeah, there is a, uh, towards the end, they brought in that Rift Tracks tier, and I think that that also got a lot of people on who were maybe on the fence to uh, uh, pony up some some ducats, if you will, because that's a thing kids still say these days, right? Um, they say pony up and ducats. That's the two things they do say. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. Uh, and I believe, you know, there's a year's subscription to the Gizmoplex for all backers. And I think like the last year, it was like they also threw in an extra month and then all the Rift Track, st- Rift track stuff. There's going to be a 3D episode, a holiday episode. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. And um, I, it's just weird because like when it got to like the last, was it 24 hours or whatever, I made my pledge. Uh, and then I, I don't like, I don't know about you, but I kept like checking the refresh cause I wanted to see where it landed. You know, I'm like, yeah. come on. And I, and I just, I've never been like the person to like, and, and, and Kickstarter is all like, it shows like pretty much like up to date, like monies when it comes in. So that was kind of like this weird thing is like, I've never invested in anything. Like I'm not like, clearly I'm not a stock market person. Like I, I'd say all my money's in the mattress. That implies I have money. We have a mattress, but, um, it isn't like I, you know, it, like actually like, Oh, I got to make sure that they do this, but. I wanted to see how far they could actually make it. And they cleared every hurdle, like everybody, like they got past everything they did. And I'll say this too. Uh, this is for you, Steve, like over the course of the Kickstarter, they would have like these, um, live watches of some of the earlier episodes. And I, I didn't get to watch all of it, but there was uh, one with like, they're watching werewolf, uh, and seeing Joel watch a Mike episode was weird to me. Just throw well, it out there. <laughs> What's funny is, is I did watch a little werewolf, but I also watched uh, Hobgoblins, which Mike also, or I'm sorry, which is a Mike hosted episode, but it was an episode that Joel uh, said that he had not seen. Cause he's like, you know, he's like, I, I was on the show anymore. I didn't really have a reason to watch Mike's stuff. He's like, it wasn't a personal thing. It was just, I'd moved on. So I never really watched them. And he's like, he's saying that he watched them on a plane uh, one time and he just lo- lost it and thought it was one of Mike's best episodes. And what's great about it too is is that uh, he kept he kept talking about uh, the fact that um, the puppets in Hobgoblins are so bad. He's like, do you know how bad? He's like, do you know how hard you have to work to make a puppet that bad? He's like, there's not even articulation in the mouth. It's not even really like a puppet. It's more of a stuffed animal. Um, so it was funny hearing him talk about puppets um, and the quality of, of them being made. Um, and I did watch some of that werewolf episode. Maybe I'm confusing the two. Maybe that's the one that he discovered on a plane and oh, fell in love know. with. I, I saw a little but, bit of it because I know they brought back. Oh, was it was it Crow or uh, it was Crow, right? That gentleman was it? Uh, is it Trace? Bill Corbin. Bill, Bill Corbin. I'm sorry, Bill Corbin. He does Crow, right? Um, or does I, I can't. I, I'm sorry. There's so many people. Trace I do. did. Yeah. Did Crow okay. uh, during uh, the first. Uh, all of the, the Joel era and then the first, I think two or three seasons of Mike's okay. plus the movie. Okay. It's just cause there was funny cause he would be like, just like shitting on himself from like years ago. And he'd be like, that was terrible. Then he'd just be, that was pretty funny. Like just hearing him <laughs> and his same voice, like and then just seeing Jonah just like react to hearing him like talk about like critiquing a commentary from, you know, years ago was, I need to go back and watch all of it. Uh, but I saw a little bit, it was really entertaining, but I'm excited. Uh, cause now it's, I don't know. I just feel like they got more now. Finally, this is, this is the realization of what this is all. This has been the promise right from the jump of what mystery science theater has been. It's for, it's for the fans. It's a niche thing. And now they can make as much as the fans want. So I think it's the ultimate realization of it. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to see what the new episodes are going to be. And the promise that they made too is is that they're like we no longer have to shoot the entire season in one shot. We can actually start working right away and do staggered releases. You know, I don't know if it'll be weekly or not, but uh, 
I think that'll make it even better because it'll be an event, right? So that's yeah. yeah. I think that's more exciting, and having and having uh, what you said, Emily, which I I I'm not familiar with her, but I know you when you went to the last live show, they started like bringing her in as well. If I remember, you telling me that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I like the idea they're actually going to imply that she's going to be a different location, like story wise, and have her own robots, her own yeah. crow and, and um, you know servo. I think that's great. I think that's I think. The like the the more voices the better, right? I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, and I was I was a little worried just because, you know, that show was so long ago. That last live show that I went to that I introduced Emily, and Joel said during his Q and A, he's like, "Something's coming. Just wait. Just wait. There's something big coming." And then I think the pandemic happened. <laughs> And uh, they were like, oh, we can't launch right now. So I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if maybe Jonah was planning on leaving or, you know, what exactly the extent of how Mystery Science Theater was going to be done in the future was. So I was really glad to see that both she and Jonah are going to be part of it. Yeah. And I guess the holiday special is going to have all three of them. That's going to be, it's going to be fun. But anyway, so it's exciting, right? So hooray, uh, hooray for good things that have happened. So. Um, so that was the one thing I want to mention that I was watching that like cra- I, over the course of the day, I was just like, the numbers are going up. It's good. Right. It's like, it's like I put 35 bucks in. It's like, Hey, everybody else, you need to pay money too. You know, anyway. <laughs> but support the you things that you love. Yeah. Support the things that you love. Um, you know, buy Steve, buy Steve's comic, everybody. He's going to talk about it later, but buy it, you know, um, buy my book. All right. So, uh, yeah. So the other thing I had, the other story I had here, um, just real quickly, is just the, the secret story for Steve. Um, is animal rescuers in Iowa find reported loose gator was just a plush toy. <laughs> this is actually from this May 5th. About right. Yeah. Um, animal service officers, sorry, animal services officers in Iowa were called to an apartment complex uh, on a report of an alligator on the loose, but they arrived to find the reported reptile was a life-size plush toy. Uh, the Animal Rescue League of Iowa said animal services officers were dispatched to the apartment complex in Des Moines of a reported four to five foot loose gator in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> so people in this apartment complex walked out and they were startled to see a large reptile resting in the parking lot. <laughs> and so they oh, I can reported imagine, it. Yeah. Like- uh, while their fear was real, the alligator, it turns out, was not. Uh, and then, so they, so the last line here is, uh, the large stuffed alligator is now safe in the care of the ARL animal services. <laughs> and, and I'll send you, I'm going to send this to you via Skype real quick. I don't know how complicated it's going to get. There's the, there's the link for the article. You can look at the picture of the gator itself. Uh, yeah, I guess in passing, you'd be like, ugh, you know, but like, <laughs> Well, it's just, funny. Normally, like it'll let me. Ta- there we go. There, I'm like, yeah. normally let me tap it. Um, That's pretty realistic looking. <laughs> I just like someone owned it, right? So, like, did it get lost, or someone's like, you know what? What's going to be really funny? Leave it out here and see what happens. <laughs> well, do you ever see that meme about like if you're ever redoing your home and you have to like tear up the floorboards, like go to Home Depot like during Halloween and buy like a plastic skeleton? But then bury it underneath the house. Yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or like when you rip up the carpet, right? Be like, they'll never know or whatever, right? Like red, red paint or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, I seen that. Like that's funny. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I just thought that was funny that uh, you'd appreciate that people were terrified of uh, a stuffed animal that was in a parking lot. 
I do enjoy a good story of people being terrified. Like what if like what if the picture would have been like Wally Gator, you know? Like just a, <laughs> a large stuffed Wally Gator out there and be like, I don't know. I just he just he's not from around here, you know. <laughs> well, you never know. People people have their own fears. So <laughs> Oh, there we go. So that was our news is Mystery Science Theater's back and there's a stuffed gator that's under control now. So that's what we Thank do here. Lord quality. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Lord for both things, you know? So, all right. Yeah. That's going to do it for uh super long weekend talk and news. And let's just get into our feature presentation. And now for our feature presentation. Why do I announce the thing as I, as I press the button? I don't, that, that's a problem I have anyway. Sorry. I just, here's the button for the thing. So Steve, take it away. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get a little serious tonight in our topic that we're going to be discussing. Uh, last week, an old Spider-Man cover by artist J. Scott Campbell from 2009 was the focus of a lot of discussion by comics fans all across the internet. The image that gained the attention was not the actual original cover by Campbell, but it was a corrected or fixed version of the cover, focusing on the posing and the anatomy of Mary Jane. Uh, in return, J. Scott Campbell replied to the offering by, I'm sorry, replied by offering his fix of the fixed image. Campbell's response caused a lot of debate amongst fans, critics, and artists. The result was basically the internet doing what the internet does best, uh, it caused the original poster to delete their account. Uh, it, there was a Comicsgate pitfall by Campbell, and lots of people were angrily debating the subject of fiction, fixing art, the sexual, sexualization of women in comics, and whether or not an artist should respond to his critics. Tonight we're going to have a discussion about all those topics, and uh, we're going to delve into the, the topic, the current trend that is fixing art. And this doesn't just extend to the comics world, but also film and other media as well. Um, so it's going to be a little bit, probably not as lighthearted of a stock as we normally have. Um, it's not going to be death wish three guys. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so strap in as Paul and I kind of talk about this idea of fixing someone else's art and some of the problems that go not only from both sides as the artist, but you know, what happens, you know, as a result of, these types of things. So, okay. Set the stage. We were talking about this, this comic, uh, the cover, which I had to look up, uh, before we start recording, uh, the original cover has uh, Mary Jane looking out the window. Spider-Man is, you know, always way Spider-Manning something. Uh, but if people aren't familiar with, um, J Scott Campbell's work, especially his earlier work, uh, he is, he has a particular style, uh, he, um, and Steve could describe it better. I'm sure I'm gonna put him on the spot, but he was known for a lot of his, uh, like unrealistic female figures like, and like, yeah, sorry, go ahead, please. Yeah, no, I, I don't know if bad girl artist really applies to him, um, in the sense that, uh, you know, he does a lot of female characters, but he, he rose to prominence in the mid nineties. Uh, at Image Comics on um, the book Gen 13. Uh, Gen 13 was, for those of you who read comics, it, it's essentially the image version of Generation X or a younger version of the X-Men, if you will. Um, it's a team of characters, I believe three females, three males, um, and they're all in their teens. So not only are there superheroics, but there are, you know, hijinks abound within the series. But uh, Campbell was known for having a very slick style and for drawing very cartoony, 
very sexy women, if you will. Um, he then uh, started his own comic called Danger Girl, which I believe still comes out every great once in a while. Um, mostly he's a cover artist now, but that was a, con- a continued um, effort in the same vein of doing that. So it's it's not like J. Scott Campbell is not unknown for drawing women in uh, sexy poses and drawing them with, you know, perky breasts and, um, you know, arching backs. So it's sort of his thing that he's known for. Um, and the cover that was the subject, the Spider-Man cover, um, features Mary Jane, who you can make the argument. Yes. The the character in the comics is a supermodel. So you would probably draw her much more idealized than you would a lot of other female figures. But, uh, what, really seemed to outrage people was the position that she was sitting in and saying that it was not a natural pose for someone to sit in. Well, okay. I sure. Uh, I, I, so people listening and I'm sure you're still here after I like talked about dirty Harry and whatever else was going on in my sleep out of mind and chasing foxes and birds and whatever and dark Hawk earlier. So I'm sure everybody's still tuned in and they didn't just throw their podcast player away. When I say sure, I don't mean dismissive of like if it, it's it's a it's a comic cover. Um, this when it was made, it was submitted for approval by a bunch of people. They signed off on it. It went to print. It sold. Um, I'm whoever you know whoever made the decisions. They made the decisions. Um, and someone someone signed off on it. Someone said that was acceptable for artwork to be on a thing. That's you know that's neither here nor there. It's just it's out there. Um, Campbell has a style. And also comics in general, I think that there's a lot of times where people are in positions that don't make sense. I would say that Jack Kirby never gave a shit about anatomy, you know, in terms of placement. He always went for mm-hmm. what was powerful. Um, if you want to go back, like, I'm going to go back and fix Jack Kirby. It's like, well, then you're taking all of the fun out of his his um, his hero poses, you know, because none of them would make physical sense. Um I don't know. Like the original image that has like her one leg tucked up and she's holding a cup of coffee. It's like, I don't know, man. Like I, everybody sits weird on a couch. Everybody has their preferred way of sitting. Maybe she preferred that. I did. However, it doesn't matter. The positioning doesn't bother me. Um, the, the artwork doesn't bother me again. I'm just a, a white guy in my forties. Maybe I'm not coming from this the right way. Um, but the idea of somebody saying they fixed it, that frustrates me because if someone said, like, okay, so I'll put it to you this way, Steve. Um, I see all these like posts, well, not all these posts. It's like I talk, everybody's saying, like, that's not that's not a qualifying statement. There have been times where someone's like, what if Disney princesses looked like real people in real life? And then they would do more like um, figure appropriate images of Disney princesses. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, it changes your perspective about things. If someone would have went into this and been like, hey, I'm not fixing quote unquote fixing this. Um, you know, I feel like this would be what a more, you know, human, uh, or, or real life look would be by the way, on the, on the fixed cover, quote unquote fixed Spider-Man doesn't change. Like, I don't know. Like he, like did they, they, I guess they didn't have a problem with the way he looked on this, mm-hmm. but God, I sound like an asshole there, but you know what I mean? It's like, they're focusing on one thing, but not the rest of the composition of the shot. You know, right, so, right. but if they said they wanted to make Mary Jane look more like a real person in terms of like a, a real human being that's on this cover, like that's fine. But to say you fixed it, I don't, 
I think that's a very dangerous word that may not have been. This is tricky territory, everybody. It is. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, cause like, cause that also says what was broken about this in the sense of like, you got J Scott Campbell, you understand where his wheelhouse is and you hired him to do this cover years ago. And maybe, I mean, sensibilities and artwork styles have changed in comics over time. Everybody has their style. Do you think he'd approach this differently now? Maybe. Cause he did kind of come out guns blazing, correcting this person's corrections. I don't know. This is, I, I don't disagree with the notion of someone saying this isn't representative of what females look like. I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, but then the question is, uh, where, where do you go with that then? Like, where do you, where, how, like it's already printed in there. So do you ask Marvel then to go back and say, Hey, I want realistic representation of, 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 of this person and every issue of Spider-Man from the beginning. I don't know. Like, I, man, I sound like a terrible person. That's not where I'm coming from with this. No, no, I don't think you sound like a terrible person. I think you're you're trying to come at it rationally, and I think that you know there's not enough of that going on uh, on both sides. I think it's absolutely um, acceptable, and I wouldn't even disagree with them that there is a problem with sexualizing women in comics. Yes, it's, it is a problem. There's absolutely no no doubt about that. Um, I think critique. God knows, um, I talk about things all the time on this show that I critique that maybe I'm not even qualified to talk about. The difference is, though, is that I'm not offering my fix. I'm not telling the artist how to fix their work. And I think that's where the issue comes in, because um, speaking as an artist, I, I found it tacky that someone was telling another artist how they should change their work. And you know, you can make jokes about, say, somebody like a Rob Liefeld or, um, you know, even people. And I was doing some research into, like, things that people were fixing. Um, and it's everything from, um, you know, Todd McFarlane to um, Kelly Jones to um, artists who have very extreme versions of characters that they do. Um, and I'm talking about extreme posing, extreme net, um, um anatomy and to be perfectly honest sometimes it's it's like okay i get it but you're kind of taking some of the magic away from what that image is by making spider-man look like a normal guy or um you know taking away some of the artistic flair that was imposed by say like an art adams some of the artists who were were getting tagged i thought was uh, unfortunate we'll put it that way because so much of what was on the page was representative of their style but i have no problem with somebody saying like you know that pose really th- that pose sexualizes that character I-, I don't have a problem with somebody saying that and i don't disagree with it but i think the idea of fixing the art particularly in the way that this person did um was tacky I guess is the best way of putting it. And I, I feel like we now live in a, a culture where people think it's just okay to attack something blindly and not expect a response. And we can also talk about the idea that a lot of people think that J. Scott Campbell responding was tacky. And I'll be honest, I, reading it, it does read not like he's violently going after this person, but it, there's definitely a sharp edge to it. There's a, a, um, how dare you kind of come after me kind of tone to it. 
But the initial post, I think this is where I got hung up as an artist, is the original post, the person who did it posted, uh, I made an attempt at fixing this because it was so bad, LOL. It's not perfect, but it's better than it was, so that's all that matters, LOL. Just don't look so closely at it, and it's fine. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to come after an artist who's been doing this for 25 years, and you're going to make an improvement on their artwork, you have to actually make an improvement on the artwork. You can't, you can't just say, oh, it's better, but don't look at it too closely. I, I, I think that that's a cop-out, and I feel like part of the... Um, Maybe the idea behind this, you know, was also to get hurrahs and cheers from people on the internet where, you know, unfortunately it didn't go that way. I mean, I know there were people who were supporting it, but I know that the internet being the internet, people were also very awful to that person. And I'm not saying that's deserved at all, but um, it, it is this thing of, you know, should the artist have responded? And, you know, what was what was the person really trying to achieve with, with doing this and did their fix work? In my opinion, no. And actually Campbell goes through and critiques the fix and offers how he would fix their fix, which again, I, you know, people thought was, was tacky. Um, I, I just, I feel like we're in a weird territory now where I don't want to say that nothing's sacred, but like, people sometimes overstep bounds, I think just simply because they can, because they can do it from the, you know, anonymity of the internet and, you know, can blindly just say to somebody that I think you suck and you're terrible and you do all this and then never have to actually interact with that person. Well, I, again, I think I, I, you're right. I just, I do feel like that is a situation that can be just, people will, will can use that to openly have a discussion to try to understand where people are coming from and like, Hey, this is why I am uncomfortable with this. And this is where I don't feel like my representation is because of X, Y, Z. And I think that's valid. And I think that has to be, I think there has to be a conversation there. And I think it's a good thing. Um, I can see other people using it as a, as a, a cudgel and beating the hell out of everybody else to be like, you know, this is what needs to happen. This is how you should do this. Like, so it's a matter of, I guess, I guess, um, I guess any, any instrument can be used for evil. It just depends upon the person wielding it, I guess. Right. Or discourse. Maybe, maybe I'm getting a little, little too heavy handed with that, but this person, they may not have been able to articulate why they would say that this cover is quote unquote bad. I think from looking at what they did to quote unquote fix it, you get the idea that they're trying to take away the hypersexualization of Mary Jane on that cover and I think that's a valid conversation to say that the original was bad when it you don't specify why or why you find it problematic doesn't add to the conversation. All you're doing is taking um, an eraser to somebody else's work saying, now I've made it better, no context. And I, I think Jake Scott Campbell's smarter, smart enough to know that what the person was saying, like what they're trying to do. He could have mm -hmm. high wrote it and been like, you know what? Here, here's, you know, I understand your concerns. Um, like let, let's, uh, let's look at this and that we can have this conversation, you know, and, and maybe, maybe even he needs to evolve his position. Maybe that's not even the right word. Maybe, maybe have the conversation and consider his output about what he, what his goals are. But 
he's made his money. He's, he's, he's the cheesecake guy, you know, like we're not, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just, you know, like, I don't know, like, um, it, if he doesn't want to change his position, that's on him. I, I, I guess all people, if they could choose to not support him, which they have that right to do so. Um, you know, I just, but to go through and be like, oh, I made a, I, I fixed it. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you two other examples and they're not the same thing. So that's, but they're, they're in my head right now. One is like fan edits of films. Like I think we've talked about those before here and there. People will be like, Oh, I fixed uh, the prequels from star Wars. It's like, those weren't yours. You're upset about things. You can have debates about them. And you want to say, here's my vision of the, that's fine. But it, you, you're not going to be able to have the ability to be like, now show that in the theater. I will show George Lucas that he was wrong, you know, like whatever. Um, also the thing too, there was a company called, um, was it called pure Flix that was in Utah that they would go through and take major release movies and go through and edit out any, any questionable content and then release them for people to rent from them directly. So they cut out all the naughty words and all the sex and violence. And people are like, Oh, thank goodness. I can watch pirates of the Caribbean without that guy drinking that rum. Like, you know, like just right. That's that that's more censorship, but in their yeah. minds, they were fixing it as well. You know, like I just, and again, it's not like having Johnny Depp not be a drunk asshole the entire time is one thing different than uh, making, you know, Mary Jane by actually not giving her bird bones. I, I, I understand. Like there's two different conversations there, but I still think there's some similar intent of I'm not comfortable with the media that's in front of me, but I'm still going to consume it. So I'm going to actively change it to where it's palpable for me and then turn around and tell other people, this is why I think this is better. That's where it gets murky for me. Yeah, and I, I think you know the discussion that we're having is is good in the sense that we're having a discussion. In digging into this, there are just a lot of people who just at this point are just screaming their opinions uh, into the void, uh, or as I like to call it, Twitter. Yeah. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem I like, like there's call, actually. I like to call it reality. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I, I feel like there's not a lot of discourse going on. There's not a lot of, of discussion. It's just, you know, you're wrong for this and you're wrong for that. And I, I understand why people think that, you know, it was tacky of J. Scott Campbell. There is part of me that goes, you know what? He's probably taken 25 years of people, you know, saying the same thing about his artwork. And for whatever reason, he just snapped. Um doesn't make it right i just i can understand it um you know i've got two issues of a comic out that i've done sorry slasher.com um that, <laughs> i mean this, know, i'm sorry the slasher the slasher's too sexy steve could you not <laughs> make the slasher that sexy every panel there's probably something that i would change something that i would fix as the artist so like i carry that around with me and if out of nowhere someone just sent me in you know a, a, a tweet or posted on Instagram was like, Hey, I fixed your comic for you. I, I don't know how I would respond to that. Cause it, it is tough to, you know, artists are people too, you know? Um, and uh, that's not, dis- again, that's not at all, um, you know, dismissing, you know, the, <laughs> that, you know, Campbell certainly, like I said, he, he, there was an edge to it and there was certainly a little bit of bile there in the sense that, you know, how dare you kind of critique me. But at the same time, I, I, I can understand it because you put so much of yourself into the work that, you know, someone who just comes at you from across the Internet and tells you they fixed your art 
when you personally didn't see anything wrong with it in the first place, uh, myself notwithstanding. Uh, it, it is kind of an odd thing to receive. And I mean, again, criticism is criticism, but this piece is 12 years old at this point. Like, yeah. at what point do you just let it go and be like, yeah, it's a cover that I didn't like from 12 years ago? Like, I, I guess there's a lot in that sentence that I, you know, or sentences that needs to be unpacked, but it's it's a tough tough thing to, to talk about i mean there should be real discussion about the way women are portrayed in comics there absolutely should be there should be a real discussion about how artists you know treat their material but i will also say as an artist i don't want somebody telling me what i can and can't draw so it gets tricky for me but i would much rather have the conversation um when i was doing some of the research for this i was looking at some videos and um, you got you, you now got it, radicalized. I understand. Like no, I, I, I mentioned to you that uh, you know the some of the videos that I watched is just and again I, this is a trend on on YouTube like people yelling about their point and I'm like I get it like you want views you want attention you want people to hear your opinion on this that's fine but just screaming your opinion on YouTube is not gonna you know move the needle on having a discussion and talking about what's acceptable, what's not, how you should approach an artist, you know, work and, and how you feel about it. Like it's just not enough discussion and too much yelling about it. And I hate to say that, you know, while I agree uh, with the fact that I don't think Campbell should have been told that he needed to have his art fixed. Um, a lot of the people who are doing the yelling are the people who are arguing in favor of J. Scott Campbell. And that also made me take a step back and go, boy, am I on the wrong side of this? Because this person, I, I, I can't see myself having a conversation with because they're just yelling their point at me. Um, I actually watched another video from somebody who had a similar take, uh, not to mine, but just in the sense that like they were talking about the merits of, of critiquing artwork and things like that. But they had another video in which they were talking about how confident people get things done and, you know, it's all about confidence. So if you don't share your own opinions, you know, uh, you're just going to be bowing to everyone. And I'm like, yeah, confidence. You're right. That is a great trait in a leader. Um, but a good leader should also, cause that's the other thing that brought up was like, you know, you, the people who lead are the ones who have strong opinions. I'm like, okay, but I think the better leaders are the ones who are also able to hear the other side. <laughs> And work from that. I, I, I have encountered plenty of people in my life that would consider themselves leaders that do not like they're persistent, not confident. Like, I don't yeah. know how to, I think, I think, yeah, that's, that's a whole other thing, but yeah, people like shouting down that, like, I think where this comes down to is that the, the, whoever this person is that, you know, made the statement, I fixed it. I mm -hmm. think that right there, that's where the conversation needs to be of like, what are we talking about? Let's have that conversation. But I think people want to jump over that and say, you didn't like, like they're, they're going right for the defense of what was already there and saying how, you know, you can't change that whenever, like, I think, how do I quantify this? Um, there was another person did a mock-up of like, what if, what if, um, superhero movie posters put all the men in the poses that all the women get. And it's like, mm -hmm. you see, like, it's very stark, 
you know, in terms of like, yeah, this is ridiculous. Like, like, I mean, I mean, Chris Evans does have America's ass. So if they want to show it, that's fine. I'm you know, whatever. <laughs> but my point is, is that like, you, 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 you see it like when it's like actually like in your face, America's ass, um, like how, like, Oh, that I never considered that. Right. And with this, it's like, I think taking a step back to be like, Oh yeah, I never considered that as opposed to, I think they're coming out guns blazing with, uh, you like, you know, the, like how can it's that whole notion of like, like these are the thing, like, I'm going to guess these are people are like, these are the things I like. How can you tell me that, the, that they're wrong? Cause I like them. Is that kind of the crux of what you're, I mean, I didn't dip into the same videos because I, I don't want to pull Steve out of a compound one day, but you know, yeah, like, no, I'm, I, I I'm, I'm joking. My YouTube feed afterwards. Yeah. So, but uh, is that kind of where it's just like, is, is, I don't, it's like, I, I don't know. You and I are not qualified, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the, 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 the female character in your story, um, forgive me. I forget her. Is it, is it, it's not Jody. Is it, is it Jody? It's Julie, but Julie, you're sorry, I'm sorry. It's your, it's your, it's your life's work. And I'm just like, I don't know. J word person. I don't know. Um, J- James McWomanson. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> like you, you put her in her forties, you put her like, it's just like, and it's not that you go out of your way to like make anybody like particularly unattractive. It's just that you could have from a storytelling standpoint, you could have easily been like, well, I'm doing this homage to slasher comics. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, cheesecake the F out of this. And you, you purposely didn't make that choice. Which is interesting because that's one of the things that I constantly find myself trying to pull back on. Not that Ryan, uh, when he draws the comic is drawing the character as being sexy, but I always envisioned her when I gave him, you know, instructions on body type. I said, you know, think of, you know, I want her to be a real woman, have, you know, curves. I want her to be, um, oh, I, I'm blanking on her name now. Um, actress um, who was Julie. That's on, the, no, <laughs> no uh, two episodes of uh, Firefly, Christina. Oh, she was on Mad Men. Oh, you're um, talking about, um, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, Joan. Um, yeah. Long story short, yes. Very uh, curvy woman. You know, I'm like, I want there to be proportions. I'm like, I'm not saying make her sexy. I'm just saying, that, like, you know, I don't want her to be blown over by a, a, a stiff wind. Uh, Christina Hendricks, but Christina Hendricks yes. is also, a, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Continue, yeah. please. Yes. The, yes, yeah. very sexy woman. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, but in the sense that, like, I wanted him to focus more on like a. And I'm sure women across America who would hear this would just beat me to death for saying, like, you know, uh, she's got a, a bigger build, but there you go. She's got a bigger bus line, idiot. Fair yeah. enough. I get that. But I was trying to have him. Look- to be fair, the slasher does, too. We don't see it as much. <laughs> the point that I'm making is, is that I wanted him to consider her to be more of a realistic person. And Ryan just has a tendency to draw thin. I think it's just because. They say sometimes artists will draw like the way they see themselves, and Ryan's just always been thin. Like I've known him like uh, you know twenty five years, and the guy is I don't know he's he's like a bird. I don't know what it is. Um, but, uh, I, and I, I know you've had these conversations with him, so this is no revelation, right? In terms of I'm sure yeah. you've talked about approach, where like you're just like, listen, like all these people are too attractive. Um, I can use, can you ugly them up, please? Because <laughs> this needs yeah, to be this needs to be a reflection of my heart and my soul, and these are all too good looking. People. <laughs> 
but you know, the, the focus that I, I put in is, is like, you know, and it's sometimes I think it comes through that there is, you know, it's uh, the slasher. I think we both have a good grasp on, and I think that we both uh, can present that character from any angle um, and have it come out the, the same and on model is the best way of putting it. But with Julie, I think we both have different versions of what she should look like in her head. Um, and so I'm constantly sort of like finding myself like, uh, do I make her look a little bit more frumpy? Like I put bags under her eyes and I, I, I try to give her a little bit more weight. It's not that the way Ryan's doing it is wrong. It's just that I have a version of the character in my head. He has a version of the character in his head. Um, and I, I don't remember how we got into this discussion. But well, no, no. What I'm saying, like, what I was, like in terms of like, you could have easily picked the genre that you're doing, and oh, there, there's yeah. a certain default set of tropes that people, some people will roll around in and have a good time with, and be like, well, that's just the way it is, you know. And then, or you could actually make the decision of like, here's what I want to do, and I don't need to follow the same like, like. <laughs> So again, this is this is going to open a can of worms, like uh, uh, like Revenge of the Nerds. Like we all thought that was that you know breezy, like you know silly comedy growing up, and now you're watching now you're like, there's a lot of crimes going on here, and it is not right. You know, in terms right. of like shit going on, it's like oh well, this is eighty six comedy. It's like they're actually breaking into one's places, stealing underwear placing cameras there's a rape scene it's like you can't be like well boys will be boys what can you do we've we've gotten we've gotten smarter about this we can't just be like well that's just what you do now with comedies like it just it's never going to change like slashers it's like you always got to have a girl take her top off i'm sorry that's on the and moses brought that down from the mountain that's the <laughs> law you know what i mean like so so what like i'm not saying that the conversation about um, those kind of things that you, you can't have, you should have in, in regards to the J Scott Campbell, like he's, he's made his mark drawing very attractive women. Uh, and he, he's, he's a good artist, like, you know, aside from that, but like, at first, when I was like actually looking up, I was like, didn't he do fathom? But I was like, that was, uh, um, the Turner, the, the Turner. Turner. Yeah, yeah. It's like, but they're cut from the same cloth. You know, like uh, who did Witchblade? Like, that's also the same cloth. You know, like Mark Silvestri, I believe. Yeah. Um. So it's like you you get these things right, and it's like, and uh, again, they they were they had a target market that was buying comics in terms of representation. That 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 was the lane that they were in. Now we all know that comics can be for everybody, which is the way it should be, right? So now you're going to have these bigger conversations that should be well aware. I'm not saying you can't draw sexy pictures and sell books, you know, that's fine. Like, um, I'm, you know, I'm working on my Magna Opus. It's just a bunch of sexy pictures. It's just out of context. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It's called dirty wishes it's coming soon. <laughs> no. Um, but like you can do that. That's, that's fine. But when someone says, this is what I'm not comfortable with, I think you can have that conversation. But again, the person that fixed that art, they don't have to buy uh, J Scott Campbell's work they could find other artists that are like, um, like Brian K Vaughn is a writer. He always tends to align himself with, with female pencilers, especially with why the last man he wanted all, like he wanted a, a woman's perspective in terms of the penciling for that book. And cause mm -hmm. he, because you work Brown is the last man on earth. So 
you, you want women to draw that. Like, and it's like, and it's very much more grounded approach. Uh, and there's, it's still stylistic as all get out, but it has its own approach. Uh, his book saga, I, I believe he also partnered up with, I forget her name. It's uh, the books behind me right now. Fiona Staples. I think. I think so. And he was like, I want to do the sci-fi book with you. And she's like, I can't draw spaceships. He's like, that's fine. We'll have trees that are spaceships. He's like, just draw whatever. Like, so, but he wanted, he, he wants that balance in terms of like, I want a different perspective. I think there's a lot of great creators out there that you can, that, that can do this. Um, and I'm not trying to like have J Scott Campbell, like die on a hill or, or serve him up to the masses. Um, it's just that I think if he would have been like, Hey, you know what? Uh, here's the conversation. Um, you know, if there's something that like, let, let's like, here's here. What it like, it's been 12 years. Like, what about this composition? What do you think of this? Or here, there's a number of other artists that I know they're coming on the scene. They're doing amazing things. Check them out. Maybe they're more your bag, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm not saying that forgives him of this, but, um, but what, what has he done? Like, I am mean, God damn, that sounds terrible. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's like, like Rob Liefeld, he's never drawn feet. Should we ever like accuse him and be like, dude, you ruined comics because you like, I, when you posted that image of the, of, um, the new, uh, Captain America from the Falcon and winter soldier of like, you know, of Sam Wilson being Captain America, but the, like the weird distorted pecs where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, Rob Liefeld got a hold of him. It was like, that was funny. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, <laughs> Liefeld has his own style. It's like, we can't be like, there, I fixed it and just draw feet on everything. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, it, it's funny that you say that because uh, part of, you know, my deep dive for this episode was is I went and I looked at, at what people are calling things that need to be fixed. And it's, it's interesting because uh, when I first read this story, the way that it was being presented to me was, is that most of the conversation was that, when people do these fixes, it's to make a comment on the sexualization of women. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I, I, I get that. You know, I understand the critique of it. I don't know that I appreciate the way that it's being done, but I, I understand it. Um, that said, I wanted to see just, you know, what was out there that's being corrected. And, you know, some of the things are like, um, just to break it down for you, people were, pointing out like, oh, you know, this page here, clearly the artist was working on layers and erased a layer and didn't catch it. So there's, you know, a piece of the shoulder missing um, and that it reappears in the next scene. Um, there's things like, oh, the gradient here, um, they must have had a snafu coloring because the gradient doesn't work. I saw, you know, um, posts that were not just you know, pointing out anatomical issues or talking about the craziness of them. But like it ran the whole gamut of, you know, I I don't want to say petty things, but I'm like, okay, I get it. Like the artist at the time, you know, who was working on this, whether it be the colorist, the inker, whatever, you know, uh, they, they messed up or they missed something. You know, I don't know what you gain by, Oh, look, I fixed this. It's like, okay. You know, I'm sure that the artist is probably cringing when they got the book and realized, oh, my God, I, I, you know, I didn't have that layer completely erased or whatever caused the issue. Um, I I think that's a technical clarification. I think that's different as opposed to context. Right. I think that's what Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's two different things is what I'm saying. And it's just it's interesting. It would never occur to me to go online and be like, oh, uh, this page here, 
um, the artist colored uh, the hand and the shirt the same color. So the guy's hand is red. I went in and fixed it, and now it's um, flesh tone. Like, I would never think to do that because I'm just like, eh, they made a mistake. Like, and, and so I think that's the other reason that people were coming at it in the sense of like it being fixed is like, um, you know, the artist is human and your critique of it is your critique and you're allowed to have it and you can absolutely present that to the, the, the artist. But to come at them and say, I fixed your artwork is where I think the line got drawn. And I think that's where everything stemmed out of it. And actually, Campbell has sort of turned it around uh, over the weekend. He he invited he put up a, an image of another Spider-Man cover that he did, and it was a sexy uh, black cat. And uh, the character Black Cat, not an actual cat, because um, Black Cat's sexy. Um, I, mine, mine's just he's he's garbage. Like I tell him, like, <laughs> like you're not pretty at all. You know, it's but, like I, I love you, but you're you're just a pile of you're a pile of trash, is what I tell him. I don't want him to get too cocky because then he'll start <laughs> asking for things. You know, and he he just said, you know, everybody like redraw this in your style, and I'll retweet and repost them where I can. And like I looked at this Twitter feed, and it's all over the place from uh, just all types of different styles and artists redrawing, you know, what he did. And I think that he's been able to make the best of it at this point. But it was pretty ugly there, and I, yeah. I do think, you know, on the side of saying like, you know, I know I said that. You know, I, I tend to err more towards Campbell, at least being able to respond to the criticism. I will say that, you know, thinking ahead to just how horrible the Internet is, I don't know that I would have gone as far as he did with his initial response. That, that's and, true. you know, you're right. I think you said, you know, it should have been maybe a little bit more tempered with, you know, hey, I'm sorry that my work isn't for you or that you didn't like this image. Um, but here are some artists that I think work you might like or something along those lines or let's have an open dialogue. Yeah, I, I just because it just how oh, you know like um, if someone's a comics fan and they they like Mary Jane as a character and they like Spider Man, then it's like well then there, there's plenty of other options out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, and not that also I I can't I don't want to say that someone doesn't have the right to say hey this bothers me that that's not at all what I'm saying, but no I, I don't I don't like the word but there either with with it's just there's. Like, um, there, there's, there's plenty of, uh, there's plenty of Spider-Man artists that I'm not happy with. And I don't, I just not a big fan when they show up. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need this right now. Thank you. Um, I, I heard you tell Mark Bagley how to draw Spider-Man. Is that no, true? No, I was on two hours of sleep and my, Joe was beside me and then Joe was talking to him and I'm just like, Hey, there's a cover uh, that you did that has the Punisher and Darkhawk sign it, please. That's all that happened. <laughs> so I didn't say it specifically like that, but cause he was, he was basically saying, uh, if you want me to endorse it, like to like to Paul, he's like, it's free. But if you want me to sign my name, it costs money. Cause he, cause he knows the resale market. Right. So I have like, I, I so I do have a badly signed issue, but it's like, it was the one I found for like cheap at Carl and John's that has Spider-Man and Darkhawk on it. And I'm like, oh, he drew Darkhawk. <laughs> like, so anyway, <laughs> no, it's just like, um, like I, I know again, Mike Magnolia is a celebrated artist and, and maybe, maybe there's a lot more about like, I, I like him. I just, there's parts, his, his, um, his, uh, new mutant stuff really bothers me. I'm not a big fan of it. I liked the Peter Davis writing. That's why I read the book. I didn't like the artwork, but I thought that, that, cause that was right after, 
what we knew is the, the new mutants went on to become X-Force, I think, whatever it was. There was that split that happened. Yeah. Um, so, no, yeah. Yeah, you're right. New Mutants became X-Force. You're right. Yeah, but, but then the new mutants still went on as a book, and Peter David was writing it, and Magnolia was doing the artwork. This is like the 90s. I wasn't a big fan of the art style at all. And But whatever. Like A lot of people like Magnolia's work. His Hellboy is his own creation out of whole cloth, so you can't judge someone for their presentation of their own work, and that's great. I think that's fun. It's just when he was doing some of the other Marvel stuff, I had a problem with it. I'm not going to go through and be like, I fixed it. Like, they, they, whatever. People, like, <sighs> strong guy is strong guy. Like, I'm never going to be like, well, you know, strong guy is disproportionate. Well, his name's strong guy. He's just a, a big lumpy dude. You know, like, I don't know. Like, just there, there's a certain things where if it's not for me, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to be about it. I think also there's a certain amount of nuance that people, if they're going to dive into like comics, then realize it's a much, much bigger thing. And there's so much out there, but it's also just like, if I said to you, Steve was like, Hey, do you like horror films? You're like, yeah, not really. I don't like a lot of gore. Then you're not going to be like, Hey, I watched this, uh, this Friday 13th movie. I fixed it. And you just like, it's just, it's just people having a nice weekend at a camp. Like, you know, like, I, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little drunk, so I apologize because, you know, welcome to the show. But, you know, it's just, if it's not your thing, if it's something that's problematic, have the conversation, figure out like what you believe and then either choose to support or not support. If you feel like it needs to have further conversation, have the conversation. But our time on this earth is finite. You can find other things to give your money, time, and devotion to that will ultimately blossom into bigger things if you show support for the things that you love. And I think we're at a point now that we have a lot more access to support the things that we love that can get more traction. And I do think that there has been a lot of headway made, um, particularly at Marvel, I think, in the way that they portray their female characters. And there's still room to improve, don't get me wrong. But I, I do think that, you know, they are listening. Um, there's actually a pretty great episode of the, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, Marvel put out a, well, Disney put out a Marvel series on Disney Plus, um, And it covers different viewpoints of Marvel um, from the perspective of the people who have either worked on it or different properties. Like there's an entire episode that's just about Japanese Spider-Man, um, which if, for those of you who don't know, like at one point, in the late seventies, early eighties, there was a licensing deal with Marvel and I think Toho. Saban. I think it's Toho. Toho yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Spider Man. Was it? He's a, um, a a servant of Satan or whatever. It's amazing. He's an Avenger of Hell. Avenger of Hell. Yes. A, <laughs> um, and it's Spider Man in name to- only, and just you know, like he's got the costume, but that's about where it ends. Um, because he has like a, a Power Ranger style robot that he walks around in, and it looks like a crazy series. I would like to dig in and like just see how crazy those episodes are. But they did an episode on that. They did an episode um, on just the women creators of Marvel and talking about like how tough it was to to be in the bullpen in the eighties. Like they talk about um, in Nascenti, who was an editor at Marvel and a writer. Um, Louise Simonson, who's also a writer and I think an editor both at Marvel at one point and DC. Um, they talked to Kelly Sue DeConnick, who is behind um, uh, Captain Marvel, the most recent incarnation. The, the Carol Dan- Van- yeah. 
Carol Danvers version that you guys know and love from the movie is the one that she created in the comic where she's got the flight suit and she's got the sort of it's I don't want to say it's a mohawk. I don't know what that haircut's called, but it's a shorter like sort of yeah. haircut that's because before that she had like long blonde um locks um but she made her more into a fighter pilot and and gave her a much more appropriate costume for somebody who would be having these drag out fights that carol danvers does um the character of kamala khan who uh is the new miss marvel they talk to the creator from her and they take her perspective on uh, you know how things have changed and the battles that are still happening so I would just recommend that episode, and I, I think that it's uh, yeah, a lot of work still to be done within the comics industry. But I think the thing that bothers me the most is is that, like everything else in our lives these days, it, it feels like pop culture, particularly the comics, which I always felt like there was a brotherhood with comics. I felt like we were always the people who either felt like we weren't normal or had these bonds in common and like, you know, I've had some really great conversations with a lot of people about comic books, you know, and I hate the fact that it's turned into this thing and maybe it was always there and I'm just unaware of it, but there's this fracturing of the comics, uh, community. And like, there isn't a lot of discussion about what can be done to make things better. And you know, what, (laughs) what your fandom means to you and how that can translate into, you know, uh, a better comics experience for everyone. I, I guess I, I, I know I'm all like sunshine and roses right now, but it does, it does bother me that there's not enough discussion and there's too many people yelling. Yeah. I, well, it's not even too many people yelling. It's just, there's, there's people that like with anything, they're going to yell the loudest. So they're going to get attention. And that does not mean that's representative of the majority but because mm-hmm. of the ones because like you and I, we're not going to, I don't know. Like I, I have um, given up on like, I, I don't comment on anything on the internet anymore. I, I will read comments cause I hate myself. Um, and like, it's gotten to the point to where I muted a number of people on my social media just because it's like, I realized that uh, all they're doing is frustrating me. There's never going to be an actual coherent conversation. Um, I got better things to do with my time. That doesn't right. mean that I don't agree or disagree with like with things that happen in terms of like like what we're talking about. Like like when I go on and actively voice my opinion about uh, what someone said, they fixed this thing or or Campbell's response to the fixing or the refixing or the fixident or whatever it is. No, but I have an opinion, uh, and but I feel like the majority of people do. It's just there's a couple people out there that they people that want to have a fight are going to find it. You know, that's fair. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. I, I'm not again. I know that I was a little sunshine and roses in what my response would be, but I, I do. I do feel in some respects that uh, we can do better. And I oh, think yeah. that uh, there's room for for everyone. You know, I, I don't know what the answer is. Um, uh, there's the, a positive is, is that there is so much material out there for everyone in comics um, that maybe if we focus a little bit more on the things that we like and, and less on tearing people down because they did something that you don't like, that maybe we'd get there a little quicker. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, you know, I, I had this conversation over dinner with my wife on Saturday, and I was, re- I, 
I was actually ready to pull the plug on the episode because she started giving me examples of like, well, when is it, when is it okay to tell an artist that they should fix their artwork and what they should and shouldn't do? And cause I was very much of the mind that I'm like, I don't, I don't want somebody telling me what I should have to draw or what I can and can't draw. I don't know that I would ever want to put that on another artist and tell them you can't do this. It's wrong. And I guess it's, maybe it comes down to the Larry Flint thing. I, I don't know. Maybe I know it when I see it, but you know, it's, it's a case by case basis. Maybe. I don't know. I, do you, I, do you I think, uh, do you think lady death would exist if they just did tasteful drawings of her? Like, <laughs> no, I do not. I, I, if people like look that up, if you want to be like, huh, I don't know what this is all about, but I know, like, I don't know a thing about Lady Death, but I've seen her. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and that that did stem from that '90s bad girl craze, and that's you know where Campbell came up. There's a an artist that I love by the name of Frank Cho. Um, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Frank Cho's a good call. Yeah. He's he's a he draws beautiful women and you know I have a book uh, by him that's just all about drawing beautiful women. It's an instructional and you know I, I, he's he's done this series over the last year called Outrage, which is he drew a cover I think involving Spider Gwen and people said it was too sexy and then the creator of Spider Gwen came out and said like I don't like seeing my my kid or my character being displayed this way and it egged him on to do this whole other series of covers with like sexy women and then spider popping up Spider-Man popping up in the background saying something cheeky. And it's like, I got tired of it real quick. Mm -hmm. I love his work, but I'm just like, all right, man, you just, you're beating the joke to death. Like I get it. You're taking taking the wrong things from this conversation. That's what, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Like you always get to, you always get to make the decision, right? You always get to make the decision either like be like, okay, let, let's like, let's, let's talk about it. Or, or can I, can I become James Woods and just like, just like, just become the absolute worst person I can be and say the worst things. And I'm not saying that he, like, I'm not saying he's the worst person, but like I'm, James Woods is like, you give you give him every chance to be like, can you be a human being? And he will, he will not do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that, I don't know why I went to James Woods, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like just. And I don't want to extend the conversation any further. I don't want to, because we've been talking a good while here, but I, I do want to ask on the side of film, you know, where, where does criticism begin and end? Like is, I, I've never watched a cinema sins episode, but the fact that don't. everyone it's pops up is everything yeah. that's wrong with this movie. Is that really critique or is that just somebody who's angry about movies? It's like, not even I, that. It's like, like if you watch it, it's like the joke is, is that every single thing that like, it's just like, it's, they're not even, they're not even sense. It's like, it's, it's just this weird little, it's supposed to be comedy. It's not comedy. Um, and, and for whatever reason, people like, I can't quantify it because none of it's entertaining to me. The cinema, mm-hmm. I, I cut you off. I apologize. No, that's okay. Um, I was asking, but it's like, um, it's more like, like, like I like, um, if you want to like go the other direction, like, um, what was it? Cinema junkies do, I think it's cinema junkies. They do honest trailers. Like I know you've seen some of those. Oh, screen junkies. Screen yeah, junkies. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And it's like, they, they, they take their shots and they'll also say like, no, 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 we like this or whatever. Right. Like they just did one for the mortal Kombat film that you should watch. And it's actually pretty great. It, it's pretty down the line. Cause they said, like, I'll say that, uh, if, uh, Jax's powers was to have robot arms, what if he would have kept his real arms? What would have happened then? And then they showed an image of Goro and I'm like, oh yeah, he would have had additional arms, had his arms not got ripped off and his, uh, his Akana woke up. Right. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. Um, but 
sorry, he he would have went from two arms to four arms as opposed to janky arms to metal arms. That that's that's the math there. <laughs> um, so no, but it's like Cinema Sins is like it's like well, how do it's like it's like this anti comedy of like we're going to go through and mentionalize things that would have been like it's just it's a stupid and and purposeless and it takes all the fun out of of, of things. And I mm-hmm. think there's a certain amount of superiority that people want to be like, but this is why, you know, like um, that's, that's different than what we're talking about here. However, I'll, I'll quantify it like this. Um, two things. One, I just watched five dirty Harry films in 24 hours, intermittently sleeping and snotting all over the place. Um, like I made, I made the comment on Facebook about like in the first film, uh, during the initial bank robbery, whenever he called it in and, and like, he just pulled his gun out and started shooting. He should have lost his badge then. And then, and then uh, Samuel of at devil ball at the devil's ball was like, well, the, the, you don't really have movies of good cops doing good things. I'm like, well, that's fair. Like, he's, he's right. He's being sarcastic. Right. But it's like, yeah, that's fair. Like the rest of the movie had been like, and then he got fired and nothing ever happened again, you know? But like, um, so for me making that comment, I wasn't like, I was making kind of a joke, but I wasn't being like, Oh, guess I can't watch the rest of these. He should have lost his badge the first time. Um, the, I can understand this thing's problematic and I'm engaging with it. You know, I can't be, I can't be upset at the movie. That's what 40 years old now and be mm-hmm. like, Oh, I fixed it. Like it'd been like, you see poise gun and been like, Harry, you're fired the end. Like, like I can't submit that to the universe. Be like, hey everybody, I fixed Dirty Harry. His name is now Harry. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I'll, I'll say this too is that I know I mentioned this earlier. Um, digging into Alfred Hitchcock and everything that's problematic about him, uh, and as a person, it's just. But his like pr- his production as a filmmaker, there's a lot to dig in there. Like there's there's just you if you go through and would correct like everything that how he just handles females from the jump. Like it would be, it'd be an exercise in futility because he's done, he did it so much over the course of such a long time that I think it's, I think it's wiser for us to have the discussion about like, here's this guy who had a lot of demons, right? Um, and he tried to exercise it through his art, but what he ended up doing was confessing to a lot that we all witnessed. Let's have that conversation. You know, I think that's, I think that's a bigger thing. Like I, I talked about the film vertigo where the main character is literally recreating a love that he lost at all costs. Like you can't get much more on the nose about Hitchcock, like creating women. Like, and it's like, yep. Problematic as all get out. It's a hell of a movie and let's have that conversation. You know? I, I Yeah. And I think it would be safe to say, that people, a lot of people consider him to be one of the best film directors to have ever lived. Correct? Yeah, it's just the the further we go along, the more we realize that he was so ahead of the game in terms of actually creating film. Okay, and I'm sure there's somebody out there who probably wants to fix Hitchcock's films. And yeah. I'm not talking about it just specifically from the position that you are, where you're like, there's a lot of stuff that you're going to run into with him as a person and as a filmmaker. I'm talking about just technically. You know, I. I Maybe I, I don't I mean, know, <laughs> and I could be wrong. You know, maybe people would be like, "Oh, that's something you shouldn't touch." But I, I do feel like there's somebody out there who's like probably thinks that they can do better. And I mean, I guess God bless them. That's how you you get better at doing something is, is that you think you can do better than somebody else. But I don't know. I, I I do wonder about that sometimes. 
you know, <laughs> was it the last Jedi where somebody created the like no woman cut? Do you remember that? <laughs> like, um, I no, and it was but like sixteen minutes long or something Christ like that. In heaven. I'm not crazy. What is, did I make that up? No, I, I swear, Steve. Why did you create a no woman cut of the last Jedi and then? <laughs> Look, I took out everything on Camino, and Luke doesn't die at the end. That's all. No, I it's just like, was. like even at, like even like the end when you got like the the big like uh, the big dark walkers. You're like, yeah, one of one of the one of those adats is uh, is a female, so we're cutting it out too. Like, <laughs> I, maybe I'm wrong, but I could have no, no, that, that makes sense. That, that, sound, that like sounds that. like some some kind of garbage that would happen. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's all over the place, and I, I just you know. Hopefully, you know, we we make a lot of jokes on the show and, you know, have some, a good time. Some of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we had we had a little bit more of a serious topic tonight. But I, I do hope that, you know, that it encourages discussion. And there's nothing wrong with being challenged is, is like saying like, OK, I don't like this. What is it that I don't like about it? And finding ways to express that. I I think that, you know, in this case fixing someone's art isn't exactly the way to go about it. Yeah. I just, I mean, um, I guess art inherently is one of those things that you, it's out there and like, but the, the, so I guess the, the, the line for this though, is that this is for, for mass consumption and like, you know, paying money for. So if it was, if it was like just J Scott Campbell, like making like, you know, oil paintings and having like an exhibit or whatever, like, um, Oh, what was the name of that? Um, that photographer in the eighties that did like all the sexy black and white photos. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I think you're thinking of the film Memento. No. Um, <laughs> oh gosh, this is going to be so bad. I want to say black and white '80s sexy photographer. Uh, this is going to go so bad. Oh, I type this in. Is it Google. the person behind the Madonna book? Maplewood? Is that the, the Maplethorpe? Yeah. Is that Maplethorpe? Is that what I'm thinking of? Bob Maplethorpe. I'm going to look this Possibly. up right now. Um, yeah, there you go. Bob, Robert Maplethorpe. He's like, they, they, they pushed a lot of like people were like, you know, it's pornographic or whatever. It's like, it's art. You can engage with it. You can make your decisions. You can draw your lines. I mean, I'm not saying there's difference between art and something that's like criminal, right? Like right, there, there's absolutely. a big difference there, but like in, in terms of like, um, like this is a Marvel comic book though. So it was made for mass production and, and mass buying. So I think that there's a, there's a little difference there. It's like, it's, you know, you can find this at your drugstore. You can find it like a comic shop. It's like, it's something that's visible there versus like a private like gallery, which that's not even where you're going with this, but I'm saying art is subjective art is for conversation art is for engagement. Um, and I think there should be conversation about it. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, and again, like I said, I, I hope that uh, this does, uh, you know, spurn more conversation as opposed to, you know, people digging in their haunches on their uh, opinions, you know, because we all have opinions, you know. Um, like but I, I, like I, Steve I, prefers the no woman cut of The Last Jedi. He didn't say it, but, you know. Just, well, I, you know, just, I'm like, I didn't make that up, right? And it's like, <laughs> and I looked it up, and there was a uh, no women fan edit of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no you, you meant to say no woman man edit of The Last Jedi, right? That's what you meant to say. It was uh, a no, no woman man? No, no, no woman man edit. That's oh, a, yes, yes. That's. Yeah, I don't think it was a female doing this. Uh, it's also 
by some yeah. asshole calling himself a men's right act- activist. So, you know. Uh, um, is it Al Bundy of Nomium? Is it the, the <laughs> National Organization of Men Against Amazonian Masterhood? Is that what that is? It's, it's just, this is so weird. Like, yeah. really, like, like, if it was a joke... And maybe it is a joke, and I just don't get it. Like maybe I'm like, oh, this is really, this is really like you know subtle humor, and we're not getting the joke. They're just pointing out that no, like, that, that's that the problem is. with that stuff. That it, it always kind of Trojan horses itself is like, oh, I'm just making a joke, and that's the way it gets implanted in people. You know, yeah. like that's the problem. So yeah, so yeah. Um, anyway, uh, you know, I, I think we can wrap up here. Um, I don't have any any more thoughts on it other than uh this was a good discussion and uh i'm glad we got to have it because i i don't know that i have any other you know other than going on the internet and and or creating youtubes and just yelling uh i don't really have another outlet for it <laughs> it's just, I, I would love to see a youtube channel like it's just it'd be like like just it's just you like just being upset about things but like this one would be like old man yells at cloud that is sexy <laughs> old man yells at sexy cloud or whatever just like fist in the air no it's whatever if i was ever going to make a youtube channel it would be like leonard's uh reviews on community <laughs> just eating eating microwave eating pizzas, potato chips or potato chips, microwave yeah. pizza yeah yeah oh uh, you know hey brief aside um, oh, what's the name of that potato chip company that they have? It's um, there is um, a voodoo potato chip. Um, I don't know if you've had it. It is amazing. No, it is Zaps Kettle potato chips. This that, that's from Utz. Uh, they're the New Orleans kettle style voodoo. They are hmm. amazing. Um, you should find them. They, they they have them around here local. But why would I pay twenty two dollars for a bag of this? Wait, no, really. I'm Are you on happy. Amazon? I don't know where this is at, but I'm not going to pay $22 for a bag of chips. Yeah. But anyway, you should try it. They're amazing. So, I hear it's all that and a bag of chips. There you go. So, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for our discussion. That is about this complicated thing that uh, everybody has your opinions. You get to share it <laughs> on our Facebook page. It's an invasion of the podcast. You can find us there. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Uh, please, uh, you can email us directly at invadingpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, and Steve, where can people find you and your super sexy comic? You can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. Uh, and you can buy uh, the first two issues of the Saturday Night Slasher on our Etsy store, which is the Art of the Slash. And it, like it, the, the weird thing in the issue, too, whenever someone's like, are you the Saturday Night Slasher? He's like, these hips don't lie. And he just stabs them. It's crazy. You know, so. <laughs> no, buy the book. Uh, support artists that, that do things that you want to do. Or do, do. Do things. That, yeah, if you want to be about murder by Steve. No, like, support artists that, you, that you're interested in and you support their work and you like what they do. That's what I'm saying. Not murder. That would be bad. Anyway, let's get to the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> So, in honor of me watching five uh, Dirty Harry films that with the titles that didn't like make me believe there was any particular order to them, I started thinking uh, for the for the game tonight is actually going to be films with their titles, but how they were translated overseas and how they were presented. I didn't, I don't have an example of a Dirty Harry film being badly translated, but it wouldn't surprise me if it had been like, you know, gunman kills everybody or whatever, you know, <laughs> like, so, um, you know, which I know we have, um, 
we, we've seen some of these before, right? So like you see sometimes how even, even when movies from overseas come over here, like sometimes the titles don't make sense. Um, cause whatever reason, right? So here, let me give you one of these I'm not using here is I'll give you two <laughs> knocked up, uh, overseas was called one night, big belly. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's real. Yeah. Uh, supposedly it's the internet, right? Uh, dirty dancing was called a lascivious dance, right? So, right. So we get like, oh, here's another one I didn't use either. This one's for uh, Leon, the professional, that was called this killer is not as cold as he thought. <laughs> so I just, you know, what I, what I did here is I got, I got, um, a number, I got, I actually got 20, 20 titles here, right? You're going to tell me, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the actual name of the movie and then the overseas title. And you're going to tell me if that was real or fake. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Jaws. The teeth from the sea. That seems like it would be real. I mean, I don't know that it makes sense. Uh, and I actually kind of like that title, The Teeth from the Sea. Yeah, that's real. Uh, yeah, that's okay. real. Um, all right. Weekend at Bernie's. This dead person is very alive. <laughs> that's got to be fake. It's real. <laughs> I mean, you're just giving away the whole movie at that point. Right. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what's what's so hard about translating Weekend at Bernie's? I don't like... know, right? Um, <laughs> this dead person is very alive. That, <laughs> that could be like any zombie movie too, right? Anyway, so, all right. Um, the Purge. America Land. <laughs> That's got to be fake, but that might be the best fake title. I think I, it's I'm fake. Gonna hear. God damn it! I, <laughs> I yeah, I just you know, I was like, well, oh, that makes sense to me, right? So, uh, National Treasure, History Thieves. Ooh, that sounds right. Um, I I have not successfully made it through a National Treasure movie. My wife has been watching them on occasion. Like I'll walk in the room. They're fun. One. They're fun. Like it's. <laughs> Like I, I, both of them are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and I don't cage. know which one is which at which point because I feel like I've walked it on both. Um, well, it's National Treasure it's and then National Treasure secret. Book of Secrets, I think. Or like Abraham's it's a Ghost secret Shame. Like Something, I walked in yeah. on her. Oh my God! You're watching National Treasure again. <laughs> I'll just leave the room. <laughs> yeah, it could be a documentary about Nicholas Cage just stealing documents. We don't know. Anyway, so you said that you believe that the history thieves is real. Yeah, it's wrong. It's fake. All right. Mm. Um, I, I was proud of myself. I just got. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that. History uh, The Sixth Sense. He's a ghost. <laughs> There's part of me that thinks that's fake, but it probably is real because it ruins the entire movie. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big. Large. That makes sense, but I'm going to say it's fake. It's fake. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Smoking the Bandit. Laughing Cowboy Hat. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that could have been a description of, of Burt Reynolds in that movie. So I'm going to say that's real. That's fake. No. Makes me very happy that you appreciate that you thought that was real. So, um, all right. Uh, Chicken Run. There you go. Call back to a previous episode that we did. Fugitive chickens. 
I mean, that seems like a, a real translation, so it's probably false. It's real. Okay. All right. Ghostbusters 2, Super Slime Squad. That feels real. That's fake. Wow. I'm honestly surprised that they didn't like subtitle it. Right. That it seems that seems that seems right to me. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, RoboCop, Detective Robot. <laughs> That's fake. You're right. It's it got to be fake. All right. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I was I was super happy with myself there. Um, I know. There's no detective work in that movie. I know. I know. Right. But that's even better, right? <laughs> um, like, well, I mean, you know, the weird knockoff Robo Vampire. There's not much vampire going on here. Anyway. Um, all right. Guardians of the Galaxy, the unusual interplanetary attack team. Ooh, that's tough. That's a long title, though. I'm going to say it's fake. That's real. It's real, yeah. All right. Twister. Run, run, Cloudzilla. (laughs) That's got to be fake. It's real. What? Are you kidding me? That's real Cloudzilla? According to the internet, so your mileage may vary, but I didn't make it up. I'm upset that I didn't make it up. That's a great, and we're recording this on um, the the birthday of Bill Paxton, so that makes me also feel sad now that I said that. Uh, but anyway, so like, uh, yeah. shout out to Bill Paxton. If you guys have never seen the movie Frailty, he directed it. Highly recommend it. Really, really, is it <sighs> okay? Fine, we'll have that conversation uh, uh, another time. Are we gonna fight about frailty? <laughs> so. Steve invoked the name frailty of the film and then my power went out of my house. So I blame Steve for the show stopping suddenly and having to wait a day to finish. Yeah, it wasn't my fault. It was Bill Paxton. You <laughs> <laughs> spoke badly of his best film. Oh, I mean, I, I'm, it may be his best film. I will, We can get into frailty. Like I, I will be willing to revisit that. I saw it in the theater and it pissed me off. Like That's my one vague recollection because I was really digging it and then then I wasn't. So anyway. Okay. But yeah, it's it wasn't it wasn't what was it a uh, run run Cloudzilla. So I can tell you that much. Um so <laughs> all right. So to pick up where we where we left off about a day ago, we have uh eight more titles. Uh, you tell me if they are real bad translations or fake translations of movie titles. So uh the film is G.I. Jane Satan Female Soldier. <laughs> I'm going to say that's real. That is real. Um, it's so bad shit that it's, it seemed like it had to be real. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Nightmare on Elm Street. Bad Dream Man. That feels real. That's fake. Oh. Uh, right? It feels like it would be like, you know. Um, okay. Uh, the Departed. Those that are no longer here. <laughs> That's got to be fake. It's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Saw murdered all. That feels real. It's fake. Oh, yeah. I just I, that tells you I'm like that seems like something people would be like. Yeah, that's a good title. Like because like versus Saw. I don't know. Anyway. Um. All right. Uh, leaving Las Vegas. I'm drunk and you're a prostitute. <laughs> Hopefully fake. That is real. Um, that one, 
I just saw that. I was like, this is amazing. Like that was my, I think, well, it's one of my favorite ones. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Twilight demon made of stars. Uh, I'm going to say fake. That's fake. All right. Two to go here. Army of darkness. Captain supermarket. (laughs) I want that to be real, but I don't think it is. It is real. There you go. Really? Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the name of our episode. I'll have to remember. That would be great. I like the fact that there's one scene that takes place in a supermarket and it's at the end of the film and they're like, that's what we're calling it. Yeah. Right. I kind of now that's the series I want. I mean, I know we got three seasons of um, like a army of darkness series, but or evil dead, I should say, but I want a captain supermarket series. So that's what I want. (laughs) Last one. Free Willy. A very, sorry, a very powerful whale runs to heaven. I'm going to say real. That is real. Um, did you ever see that South Park wherever the kids are trying to get the a whale to the moon? I don't know if you saw that one or not. No, I did not. They, they succeed. And it, like the very end of the episode, you see a whale just dead on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That was, that was a fun, that was a fun game of, uh, Things are weird with translations, right? So uh, that's going to do it for us uh, this week. Next week, uh, you know, power permitting, um, we're like, so Steve's going to go and, you know, moonlight again on At the Devil's Ball. You guys should check that out. Uh, Talking about Halloween uh, 666, right? I know that's one of the titles they went with for like a second, right? Is that correct? Uh, Yes. Okay, I think so. The curse of Michael Myers. The curse of Michael Myers, yeah. Yeah. to, to look like reverse Shatner, I guess, is that's the curse of Michael Myers. Um, but so that yeah, he's going to do that. But next week, it's going to be our year of the sequel. However, I decided I'm going to pull a little bit of double fake and we're going to do a sequel. But I think, you know, what we, we need, need to have a little bit of fun and we need to dip back into uh, some stuff that we did kind of previously. So it's going to be the year of the sequel, but we're going to get into year of canon that we covered like, you know, what? Two years ago, three years ago, my butt, my butt cheeks are clenching right now. But go on. No, 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 no. It isn't. We're not going to visit the other Sol- King Solomon's mines, or we're not okay. going to. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, it's actually, it's actually a film we didn't cover. We didn't cover it during the year of canon. I wrote about the, the I wrote about on the blog. But you and I have had so much fun with it. It'd be fun to visit the sequel, which we're going to be watching next week for year of the sequel, American Ninja 2, The Confrontation from 87. Nice. I figured you, like I was, I told, I told Steve before we started recording yesterday, um, you know, I, I was going to drop it on the surprise, but I knew you'd be excited for this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm uh, always up for more Michael Dudikoff uh, ninja action. Which, I mean, you and I, we've watched uh, American Ninja together, if I remember right. I mean, kind of through some beers. We did, yeah. yes. And it's a lot of fun. It ends up with uh, lasers at the end. I don't understand how that works. <laughs> and some ninja magic that starts happening. So we'll see how this goes. I just, you know, like, I I, I picked this, well, one, because I wanted to watch it. And two, Canon didn't have too many franchises that they kind of made out of whole cloth. And this right. is kind of one they did, you know? So how do they handle the, their own sequel, right? So it isn't like they picked up the American Ninja franchise 5N and started making them. So this is their this is their baby. So we'll see how it goes. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun next week. I'm excited. 
See, I knew you'd be all about it, right? It was it was worth waiting a day with the power going out and <laughs> to find out about it. So yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a safe week. Have a good week. Uh, you know, just have conversations about like art that you know. If you're like, hey, this like here's here's issues I have with it. Maybe don't go using the word fix, but be open to conversation. I think I think there's a lot of good to be had there. So that's I'll say that. And I, and I vaguely remember earlier in the episode, we talked about a stuffed crocodile. That's about the only things I remember from like a day ago. I'm already, I, everything's fuzzy now. And MST3K is coming back. So join us at the Gizmoplex. 